Did you know that this podcast is a part of the Jayzo Modcast Podcast Network? Chances are, if you enjoy this show, you'll find other great podcasts on the network, too. The Jayzo Modcast Network offers you a choice of shows seven days a week, starting with Monday. Join Rebecca C. Lofgren, Aaron Illick, and David K. Montoya in Seeing Red. The trio dive deep down the rabbit hole each week with a combination of geek and weird news. Then on Tuesdays, join the boys from the Great White North, Mike Lutz, Rob Bellamy, and Jason Beckard in the movie Madhouse as they bring you everything Hollywood and more. On Wednesdays, Reaper Rick's Tree Frog Expose Cafe, where he crosses the line of limits as he gives us news that is unforgettable and personal views that you'll definitely remember as well. Spend Thursdays with Jim Bennett and Nick McKelvey as they join forces in American Fat Ass Podcast to talk about various topics from news, sports, to their personal lives, all the while with a humorous slant in an unapologetic fashion. Fridays, Rob Bellamy is joined with Mike Lutz as they jump in the Wayback Machine to explore the archives of the JZO Modcast to give you three hours of audio entertainment in Flashback Fridays. Saturdays, join JZO Modcast founder David K. Montoya as he explores the world for a single of Who's the Boss? Then Sundays, finish the week with What We Think with hosts S. Sadie Burbank and David K. Montoya as they tell us exactly what they think about pop culture, celebrities, and the world at large with a ton of vulgarity mixed in for good measure. The JZO Modcast Podcast Network. We've got what you want seven days a week for free. Listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher or like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And don't forget to check us out at jazelmon.com slash jazelmodcast. And now enjoy this free jazelmodcast show. Flashback Fridays. I myself, not alone, am here with. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. You like this running thing? This is. (laughs) Just say your name. I'm Rob. I'm Mike. (laughs) And we're here with three more episodes deep, deep, deep dug out of the archive. Maybe next week I'll be normal. I doubt it. <laughs> so do I. Uh, let me see. Flashbacks Fridays, just in case you're new. It's uh, where we dig into the archives, bring up some old shows that you get to listen to. and uh, Your wall's on fire. Yeah, I know. Kind of looks pretty, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Freaking hot. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> but uh, we bring up the old shows so you get to hear the history. Yes. Jason Lott. Yep. Oh, no. My mic's doing it again. Don't do that. There. Is it sort of fixed? <laughs> it's, if it's not fixed, it's been manhandled. <laughs> what the hell? I'm not sure what happened there. Yeah, crap. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, so the shows in the Jaysomon Podcast Network, um, there are quite a few. Yes. Right? There's Seeing Red, 
which has uh, Rebecca, Aaron, and Dave. Yeah. Okay. Or, There's oh, ah, R E D. I get it. Hey. Very clever. That is clever. Holy crap, and I just got that. And I wouldn't have if it wasn't for you. Are you no, I I want to ask if you're serious, but... Actually, I am. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> crap, I wondered what Red was about. <sighs> Next one. Well, they have the movie Madhouse. Yay. <laughs> We're rather fond of that one. Yeah, well. There's also Reaper Rick's Tree Frog Exposé Cafe. I just love the name of that one. That is. That that's is a awesome. good. That's a good name. There's American Fat Ass. Yep. <sighs> Love that name, too. Then there's <laughs> Who's the Boss? Who is the boss? I don't know. I'm still looking into copyright. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's What We Think. And that's got uh, Dave and Sadie on it. Now, there are a couple shows that have ended. There's One in Burbank that had Sadie and Dave. That was the first show. Yep. All right. There's Saturday Segments with Larry Walton. That was a, a, a movie topic kind of thing. Okay. There was Don't Get Us Started with Sadie and Lacey. Yeah. Yes. And Sheer Darkness with Terry Shearer and Dave. Was that his uh, Reaper Rick persona? I don't know. No. Because uh, if you look at the pictures, they're similar but not. Yeah. Reaper Rick is bald like me. and He has a much more majestic beard than yes. me. And Terry Shearer has got hair. From what I can tell. What's well, a black and white picture? You can't really tell. Sure I can. All right. In my mind's eye. All right, all right, all right. In your, in your mind's eye theater? Yes. <laughs> okay, our first episode that we're looking at today is What We Think, number 12. All right. In the Wayback Machine from August of 2013. This week, as Dave is put on Bieber probation, he and Sadie trek forward into the email brown bag special. A really say long goodbye to a multiple... Great people. You see, I talk funny. <laughs> and then, and then, it's actually two of them. No, and then. And then, and then, Sadie and Dave give a shout out to this week's helping hand. And finally, Sadie takes control of the headline news segment. Does Dave contain himself from bashing Bieber? Nope. You'll have to listen to find out. Um, who? Everybody should bash Bieber. That's right. And we're Canadian, so... I know. You broke it. You bought it. That's, that's what I say to you. Is that the word? Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, you guys lost the hockey game, too, in the Olympics, Oh, too. that's right, too. Yep. That's, Dave, he's all yours. Yep. Bash away. Ancient history. Let's get on with the episode. That's right. What we think, 12 Bieber probation. It's Monday night, so let's find out what the fuck we think. I'm David K. Montoya. And I am S. Sadie Burbank. You know... <sighs> Well, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, I'm sitting here trying to get comfortable. I was going to say, <laughs> doing that little ass wiggle thing there. Um, I didn't mean that the way that sounded. <laughs> I, I assume they understand. Yeah. Or well, if not, whatever. Uh, well, get your by thrill. now. They get your thrill. I don't care. <laughs> anyway. I'm I'm trying to get, trying to figure out what the hell's going on with the weather. I know, it's fucking hot today. Yes. What is that? I mean, it was so nice last week. 85, 89, almost 90, and I was like, okay, that's enough. Yeah. And then it backed down. It was really nice. I didn't have to turn on the air conditioner once all last week. I probably saved 50 bucks. And while this I was at week, work this, so much. this weekend, you yeah. know, when I worked at the hospital, I went out. It was probably about maybe two in the morning yeah and it was only 61 it felt oh. so oh, I nice know. It's so nice that's that's what i like about summers here 
I mean, desert summers are so nice just because you get that terrific cool evening, but not cold evening. Right. Now, actually, we're far enough away from you and not so much in distance, but in altitude. What's your altitude here? Do you know? I don't know. I'll have to bring my Garmin over sometime because Garmin tells you what the altitude is. Mm -hmm. But I think we're about... Uh, 500, maybe a thousand feet higher, because it's totally noticeably cooler at my place than it is in like Victorville or here even in Apple Valley, downtown, beautiful downtown Apple Valley. Um, <clears throat> we keep it up. We're going to start requesting advertising funds. For I know. I Apple think Valley. the Chamber of Commerce should pay us to say beautiful downtown Apple Valley, but actually there really isn't a downtown Apple Valley. I mean, there's Apple Valley and. Right. Parts of it are town-like, but there isn't a... Anyhow, <clears throat> I digress. It's noticeably cooler at any given point of the day or night in our area than it is here. So, cold, cooler nights mean colder nights for us. I mean, we actually get down in the 50s the last week we did, anyhow, at night. Right. Uh, I like... Personally, I prefer 60s and low 70s. Vegas is cool because you go there in the nighttime, you know, it drops all the way down to 87 at night. And I'm like, yeah, that's a little much. Yeah. Okay. But I do like those balmy, almost tropical evenings. They're really, really nice. It's a little warm in the house, but we just open up all the windows and doors and let all that nice cool air in. And it's great. I love it. I don't know. Sorry, folks. Actually, <laughs> sort of walked away from the mic there while he was talking, but that's cool. He didn't really say anything, so it's no big deal. Um, I don't know. I, I we've because you know we had a big electric bill. Uh -huh. you know, we've, we've been cutting it back and cutting it yeah, back. Yeah, we had a huge one last month, over four hundred bucks. Ooh. Ooh, is right. Well, but remember, I told you we were out of freon—not out, but almost out of freon right. in the AC, and it's like gas in a car it kind of needs it yeah you know? i mean it'll run but not real good and it worked and worked and worked and worked and worked trying to get it cooled off in the house so that costs more money so i'm hoping now that we got recharged as it were i'm hoping the bill will go down something just happened right now and i just kind of want to bring it up because okay. it's, it's something that i i haven't seen yeah and let's see. So this well, is episode. <laughs> anyway, this is episode what? See, this is episode twelve that we're working on. Okay. So that means you've been coming here for thirty-two weeks. Getting getting tired of me yet? Oh no, not at all. <laughs> but what I, I was saying is, is that Jaden, think about it. Yeah. While we're podcasting. Yeah. Jaden will stop in the hallway once he sees that we're podcasting, and turn around and go back to his room. He yeah. just came out yeah. and walked through the living room because yeah. that's where we're at, you know, yeah. we're recording in the living room, right. and walked into the kitchen. Yeah. And that's something that he hasn't done before. He's never actually walked all the way through while we were podcasting. Yeah. So he's getting used to me. Yes. Well, that's good. I hope so. I want him to get used to me. And, and he does speak with me when I speak to him. Now, he didn't this time because he knows we're podcasting, but when... Earlier, when he when I was here and he came in, I said, hi, how you doing? And he answered me, uh, you know, which I think is cool because it's like he's comfortable. Yes. 
with me talking to him. Um, and, and that's, that's neat. I also, like that. and I, I'll just go ahead and tell you here on the air. Um, he he started to read your story, but he said okay. it was it was too girly for him. Too whaty? Too girly. It is a little girly. Yes. Well, she's a girl lizard, and I'm a girl writer. Right. And so yeah, it is. That's an interesting point, though. I might but, have to. But that that was his thing. Is he actually? Uh, I noticed because it went from this coffee table to he's got a coffee table yeah. in his room. Yeah. And I noticed it was sitting in, in his room in the, on the coffee table. Yeah. So I know he grabbed it and he was going to read it. Yeah. So and I said, "Did you read the story?" He's like, "No, it was too girly." That's so. cute. That's cute. Okay. So now the question is, do I need to? Buff it up, or or shall I just it'll no. just be girly and he just, won't care for it. It just be girly and he won't yeah. care for it. I We're mean, talking about this short story that I am writing called Lisa the Lost Lizard. I think we mentioned it on a, another podcast yes. too. Um, based on a true uh, event with as yet uh, an undetermined outcome, actually. So I'm going to have to fake that in the end. But, yeah. But uh, it's actually like they say in the movies, based on a true story. So, okay, kind of girly. But now, but he didn't have any a... trouble with the vocabulary, because I was afraid the vocabulary was a bit much. No, no, no. Because I tend to write over the heads of my audience. And, well, you have to But I of... do that almost on purpose, because right. I want them to be challenged with their vocabulary learning. Well, you have to think about it, too. Yeah. And I just recently found out about this. Yeah. Is he's read the end. You know, the story that I wrote yeah, the end. Yeah. Because he, he came out one day and he was talking about my characters. And I said, Are you talking about the end? He's like, Yeah. Oh, I wow. said, on, on the website, the end. He's like, Yeah. And he was asking me questions. Wow. So, you know, and I wrote that to for, for adult, adults. Adult consum- consumption, yeah. And he took it all the way. So Terrific. Well, he, that's good to know. He's got a, He's got a good working vocabulary then. That's excellent. That's yes. excellent. And it proves my point, which is that when I was a kid, I was read stories that I didn't understand all the words. Right. Uh, you know, in church, my goodness, we went to, to Bible school and we were we sang songs about Jesus and some of the words I knew and some of them I didn't. Kids these days say the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag, and you've heard how the little ones can screw that up, you know, <laughs> with their limited vocabulary. But it it proves a point that even even though uh, their vocabulary their vocabularies are limited, it's okay to write above that limit because right. it gives them something to learn. Right to go as, up yeah. as they're going along instead of because otherwise I'd be writing the baby squat or the you know whatever right. and it'd be sucky. So yeah, okay, so that's cool. I'm glad to know that. And and as far as that goes, I also experienced something that I never experienced before too. Oh. And that was to have my child tell me he likes my writing. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. That I'm getting these folks thinking about I know. It. That, that was just... That's pretty cool. And it wasn't well, I know how you feel because Bob told me the other day that he really liked that one podcast mm-hmm. that he had listened to. He said he thought it was... And that I, I know what that feels like. That It's like you, you, you think, wow, okay. My kid thinks I'm good, you yeah. know. I and I don't know why we think that matters, except for the fact that we know that at some point or other, our kids think that we're just idiots and full of shit. And well, that and I think kids, you know. regardless of the age, the kids will be extremely honest. 
Yeah. Regardless yeah. of, even if it stings a little bit. Yeah. They're oh just, boy, that's for sure. They're gonna be honest. Yeah. They're gonna give you the truth and the whole truth. Well, you hope you hope they will. Yeah. At some point, they do stop. Uh, for whatever reason, sometimes out of a misguided sense of politeness or or whatever, or they're, you know, maybe they have said something that stung and they know that it stung because they could tell by your reaction that it stung and they don't want to hurt you. And so they go, oh, I better not go there again. Right. You know, it, they develop a sensitivity to, you know, someone's like feelings. That. Yeah, yeah, Bob and I just, just had a conversation yesterday that got a little dicey at, at times and, and, and he made some valid points, you know, and it kind of brought me to tears. And he goes, I know you're getting all like you get, you know, and everything. And I said, no, that's okay. You know, it's, it's, it's all right. Um, so he's, he's sensitive to that. But at the same time, uh, he was within his rights to say what he said. And, right. you know, whether I agree with him or not isn't important. Whether he's, whether he's not correct even isn't always important. It's like I have to keep remembering what that friend of mine said one time. You don't always have to be right. Yes. And I have to remember that because especially when you're talking with your own children, you know, sometimes as parents we forget you don't always have to be right. And sometimes it's almost better to let our kids think that they're right when they're wrong. That's true. That's very true. Anyhow, that's sort of off the subject. But no, I, it's okay. I, we... Actually, we haven't officially even started this No, we really show. haven't. We sort of got... How did we get on already? We uh, uh, we started matter. with weather, and we just kind of went oh, from yeah, there. Oh, yeah, we and sort of went... We so, do that. We yes. wander. Yeah. But it's okay. That's what yeah. our, our listeners come to expect from us. Well, they ought to by now. <laughs> yeah, really. So each and every week, we always get together, and we find out what our listeners have to say, whether it be good, bad, or indifferent. And this is our email brown bag special. What do we got this week? Sadie and David. I think Joe's email, this episode, number 10, was just a dumbass statement. I think David, David should keep on going with the Justin Bieber, uh, with Justin Bieber. He is a big heaping pile of shit and deserves being made fun of. This is from Richard D. Well, Richard, uh, let's see. I got, uh, I have copies of our emails just to refresh our listeners' memories or those who may not have heard what it was that Joe said. I mean, I kind of, I have an idea. You know, I'm, you know, I'm organized to a ridiculous level. Uh, hang on because I need to remember this one here. Uh, oh, and did I tell you? Well, I'll tell you that in a minute. Stay focused. Here we go. Joe, last name withheld, location withheld. He said, Dave and Sadie, I say leave Bieber alone. Sure, his music sucks. Sure, he's a rich dick. But you got to give the kid credit for the fact when he did see the cup, and this was the Stanley Cup, Stanley cup that he touched. Yes. And That's I a guess big lightning no-no. is yeah. supposed to strike when you do that. He recognized the greatness in the history of the trophy. And treated it with respect. Well, if he did treat it with respect, why'd he touch it? But that's neither here nor there. And when you think of the lack of respect he shows everything else, proves the power of the cup. That's what Joe said. And Richard says, basically, Joe, this is from Richard now, not us. You're full of shit. (laughs) Oh, no, he said it was a dumbass statement. He didn't really say it. Well, yeah, he did say it was a big peeping pile (laughs) 
Oh, no, he said Bieber was there. He said Bieber keeping, was yeah, there. Yeah, big heaping pile of shit. Um, so, well, it, uh, you know, David's been sort of put on probation for <laughs> Bieber bashing, but only because Lacey, his wife, and I get tired of it because we don't really give a fuck about Bieber. But if something comes up and you think it's worth bashing a little bastard about, we'll do it. I don't care. I'm, I'm easy. Uh, you know that. I mean, even just, despite what Joe says... Well, we're going to go... Or anybody, for we're, that matter. We're actually going to try maybe a few episodes of no bashing at all. Ah, no bashing um, is good. You know, because I don't want people thinking I'm just an angry asshole, you know, jealous well, and, of... And that's not our opinions. purpose. We're not no. here to bash. No. So we're going to try to restrain ourselves. So... There you go. Okay, onward, upward, next next email. I'm just so tickled we've got email. Hee <laughs> Uh... He's changing the email, folks, in case you're wondering what the delay is here. Is this it? Okay. Uh, well, it was to to you, I think. You you scrolled up a little or down. Oh, 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 okay. I'm dying to find out how did, the, how did recording your new podcast show come out. Teresa, oh boy, Amlang, I'm going to say. A-M-E-L-A-N-G in San Jose. Ah, been there, done that. Used to live up there. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Well, I, actually, my brother-in-law lives up there. I used to live in uh, Sunnyvale. And, um, uh, yeah, Sunnyvale. Okay. So, anyway, um, hi, Teresa. Let's see. You're dying to find out how did the recording of the new podcast show come out? I think well, they're, they're talking about... Don't get us started. Yeah, I think so. And it's going to be out uh, and available when this... This Wednesday. This Wednesday. And we think it went pretty good. We had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, But it's going to be up to you to tell us how it came out. So I hope you'll listen um, Wednesday. Uh, That's it. I'm just going to say it's your local podcast station. (laughs) But, you know, it... You tell me what you think. I, I think it was it, it, it was fun to do. We had a lot of fun laughing. It was Lacey's first time, and she did fantastic, I think. She did. And, in fact, I told her afterwards because, <coughs> <coughs> excuse me, I'm still, still, still got a little got something in there. Still got that bronchitis thing going. Um, but, you know, other than being the editor of the show, I have no involvement in the show no, whatsoever. No, David doesn't get to have much input at all, actually, poor guy. In fact, you had done the, what do you call that, those thumbnail sketches yes. in the on the website, and bless his heart, I had made him change the whole thing. Because somewhere along the line, I came up with this idea, when you were talking about the music, right? and I sort of had had it in the back of my mind anyhow, so when you go to the website, you will see, uh, because he really captured the total essence of what I wanted it to look like. It, it came out just exactly what I had in my mind's eye. So it's really cute, I think. But as an editor, you know, just listening to everything, I think I cut maybe a minute total. And that's just because if you have, you know, longer yeah. than a one second pause, you have to cut. Right. But other than that, I didn't cut any content out at all. That's cool. That's cool. And, you know. Some of it's a little raw because we, you know, we don't know exactly the um, electronic logistics of what we're doing. So there's a couple of little funny parts in there where we ask for help, but you'll hear them. And, and like I said, you tell us. 
did you think the the stuff we talked about was funny? Did you not think it was funny? Do you have any ideas about stuff you want us to talk about? Because we'll talk about practically anything. Oh, yeah. I mean, like I said, I sort of don't like to talk about religion, and I don't care about talking about politics. politics. Um, I don't mind talking about sex to some level, some degree. Um Probably my degree is a little deeper than Lacey's. Lacey's a little shy. I'm not. Uh, but anyway. Give it a couple months. Yeah. Any, anything that you want us to talk about that we haven't sounded like we're going to talk about or know about to talk about, email us. You've got the email address. Oh, this would be a good time to throw it out there. Uh, well, for us, for here at What oh, We Think, yes. is what we think at jazelmon.com. That's J-A-Y-Z-O-M-O-N.com. And for your new show, you, your, uh, what uh, we, don't get us started. Don't get us started. Yes, thank you. I, I had a brain fart there. That's okay. I have them frequently. And if you want, they, they will do the same thing that we do here. We um, will. Do an email bag, yes. Send absolutely. them an email, and it's don't get us started at jazelmon.com. And the reason why I'm linking these two shows together is, well, simply because you're in both of them. Um, and the majority of the listeners from here, from what we think, honestly, they're not tuning in to hear me talk. You know, they're, they're wanting to listen to you. So... I think both of us. I mean, I can't just sit here and talk alone for crying out loud. But I mean, that'd be boring. To I don't know how I don't know how TV hostesses and hosts do it, uh-huh. like on JTV or QVC or HSN or any of those. I don't know how they do that and just sit there and look at that camera and, and carry talk. on conversation continual. I mean. That's, they don't stop. They, they just they on have and to on have some type of training on. for that. I, I think they're on something. No, I don't. <laughs> Not really. But I mean, it, it takes a special kind of person to be able to do that. I don't think I've got what what it takes personally. But I, you know, it might be. Oh, here's one from somebody. It said, "Thank you for reading my email on the show, and thank you for sending me." The music file. Oh, good. It's now my ringtone. Cool. This is from Michael Koch. I believe I said that right. Fort Collins, Colorado. And he had asked in a previous email if we could send him the music that starts our show or does yes. it run behind our show too? Both. I don't It starts oh. and ends. So they're, they're actually, actually listening to music and us at the same time? There's... When we talk, I put a... Um, They're going, what is she talking about? You don't know, folks, but no, I don't listen to the podcast, so I don't know. The music, well, w- minus us talking, uh-huh. it's just the, the melody uh-huh. of the, the intro. Uh-huh. It carries all the way through the show, but it's very, very light. In the background. Oh, cool. Kind of like if it was on in the background or yes. in the living room of beautiful downtown Apple Valley. Okay, so cool, <laughs> Michael. I'm really glad you got it. I think it's really cool that you have it as a ringtone. Yay. Uh, my curious part is, is is it when it rings, it's like, I don't know shit? Is that I know. What, what does he have? Does he have just the music or the I don't know shit stuff too? No, I sent him the whole file. Okay, so... So it's the whole song. Yeah. Of the the music, the melody in the back, and us, right. you know, with the splice. Singing I don't know yeah. shit. But that's kind of a long ringtone. I mean, especially like a ringtone, you know, right. you answer it after three or four beats usually. 
So I don't know what he's got. If it's just the music, or probably it's just the music, because yeah. he did ask about the music. He doesn't necessarily want. We don't know shit, but well, we don't. I'm glad he wrote back because uh, he didn't. He didn't email me to tell me that he got the file. So well, he did this way. That's um, cool. Also, I just want to say thank you to everybody real fast because episode ten is is up right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when we were talking about me getting in a car accident and getting mm-hmm. bronchitis. Mm-hmm. And I, I got a, a few emails, you know, specifically just saying, get better, hope oh, you get better. Cool. You know, Very cool. I'm glad you're okay with the car accident. Oh, so I just want to say nice. thank you to everybody, you know, that sent yeah. me, uh, personally sent me an email. Little get well that. emails. Yes. That's so cool. I, I yeah, it was, it that was a nice little cool. change. Very cool. Yeah, and then 11 is the one I told Bob, my son, that he needs to listen to. Yes, yes. Yeah. And we're gonna have, we're gonna have a little more on that in a minute, but is this it? Uh, yes, we just had, uh. Just three tonight? Three for the main show, and like I said, you know, we had. Yeah. We had others for the get for well. For get well. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Thank you everybody for your emails. That's fantastic. I really dig it. Um, I have a couple of follow-ups to our last show, uh, email show, that I want to go over. Uh, let me start, first of all, with Janet Everest of Richland, Washington. When I read your email, Janet, I said, Oh, I used to live near Richland in a little town called Sarah. And guess what? <clears throat> you probably already knew this, but it isn't Richland I used to live near, although I did later. The one I lived near at the time when I lived in Sarah uh-huh. is Ridgefield. Oh, And okay. I always sort of had a little mental block there with that town. So my apologies, although I did have um, a boyfriend in Kennewick. When I was growing up, and we lived in Spokane, I used to hang out in Yakima, we've been all over the state. We actually lived in Chelan, which is 32 miles, uh, I think, east of Wenatchee, all those places. So, I kind of been around there a lot, but I was sort of mistaken when I said that I lived real close to Richland, because I didn't. Okay. Then, just for fun, uh-huh. remember we had from Reiner Hasloff, the uh, gentleman from Stuttgart. Oh, Germany, just, yes. Yeah, just for fun, I Google Earthed, <sighs> Google Earthed him. Well, not him, but Stuttgart, Baden-Württemberg, Germany. I'm not saying that really well. He's probably giggling at it. But in any case, I, I thought, well, I want to see where this is, you know, and Google Earth is so much fun anyway. It's a real right. trip, literally. Um and it was kind of strange. I showed you. I made. I printed out pictures, and there's, there's more than one Stuttgart listed or shown there. There's this like major one, and then off to the right and up a little bit. There's this other one that says Stuttgart. And I don't know which is which, and maybe they're all the same. Right. Maybe it's a really big place. I don't know. And then I noticed that this Baden-Württemberg is sort of like, um, maybe like a county or something. Because it was sort of stamped like overall everything. And there were, you know, it's real hard to tell with Google Earth right? Uh, what you're looking at. But in any case, uh, I just thought just for shits and giggles, you'd like to know that I had actually looked you up. And there you were somewhere in there. Uh, okay, I have one more. Okay. Uh, 
by the time you listen to this podcast, you will have heard our 11. Uh, number 11, mm-hmm. in which uh, we hear from a gentleman in Queens, New York, named Aaron. And in the podcast, it was a very touching um, uh, email that he sent to us, and it was difficult for Dave and I to get through the reading of it and, uh, without tears. In fact, we didn't get through it without tears, to be very honest with you. Um, but for those of you who may not have heard and cannot go back and listen to that particular podcast, I will read this again because I have what I think is probably... Uh, a better answer now Something that I've had to time to think yeah. about it. Um, it came to David K. Montoya and Sadie Burbank. I want to thank you. You two have helped me through the last few weeks. I lost my job last month and had to move in with my dad and stepmom. I've been feeling down, thinking about giving up on everything. But about three weeks ago, I was surfing around on my phone. Speaking of which, do you you want to answer that or not? No. Okay. I was surfing around on my phone on Stitcher and found your podcast. I laughed and laughed. Whenever I feel down, I play a back episode and can't wait for Tuesdays and your guys' new episode. And while I'm aware we'll never meet, I still want to thank you for saving my life. God bless you, too. Or you, too. Aaron from Queens. And I thought about it a lot, Aaron. I thought about you a whole lot since we got this email. And I realized that while I was touched more than you'll ever know, and so was David, by it, that I really didn't do anything um, helpful. I mean, I read the email and, and let you know that you touched our hearts and so on. But it occurred to me that maybe what would be a cool thing would be if you could email us back sometime and let us know what kind of work you do. What are your, what's your skill set, as they like to say these days? What, what kind of job did you have that you lost? And would you like another job like that again? Because we have a few listeners now in a few places that, uh, might actually be looking for someone with those skills and those abilities and it's it's conceivable that uh, a job offer could could come from that we never know so if Aaron you're listening and if you are still are looking for a job and if you're not terrific but uh, if you are still or if you've got one and you're thinking well this will pay the bills but it's not really what I'm looking for let us know what are you looking for what is what is your hope there for employment and maybe something can come from it i don't know that definitely you know we we have between 11 and 12,000 downloads a week so somebody's listening yes and if if we can help you know help more than just trying to you know lift the morale and, and if we can do something serious in, in real time and get you working and getting you back on your feet then you know we'll be more than happy to to put that information out there and, and who knows you know you don't know who's well i think listening. the fact that we have those listeners and we it's our responsibility to do that uh it, you know if 
if we knew him personally, we'd be asking all our friends, right. hey, you know, Aaron, my buddy needs a job. Do you know anybody that, you know, on Facebook or whatever? Do you know anybody that's got a, you know, opening? So because we have the uh, platform to do that, uh, we're doing it. So all you guys that might have a job offer available, keep keep tuning in. And uh, hopefully Aaron will uh, get an email to us and let us know what kind of job, you know, how far can you go for work? Right. I, you know, Queens is just one little spot in New York. I've actually been through Queens, too. That's actually one place I wanted. I, I've never been to New I York. I remember lots of brick buildings for some reason. I'm not sure why, but I was riding a bus from, um, I took a bus from JFK down to... Um, Grand Central because I had to take a train to Connecticut. Okay. And I noticed the the a lot like I said lots of brick buildings for some red red brick buildings. And I think I must have seen a sign somewhere that said Queens and I'm like, "Oh, cool. I've heard of that." <laughs> you know. So anyway, um it's a big town. Big yes. big big town. Um transportation can be difficult at best. You know, cuz I guess nobody owns cars in New York. I don't know. Somebody must because there's a lot of traffic. But, yeah, for real. But I guess lots of it's taxi cabs and, and then there's subways and whatever. So anyhow, give us, give us some information, Aaron, that we can pass on to the listeners. And, you know, maybe with any luck at all, something will come out of it. That would be cool. If nothing else, we'd love to hear from you again. Just to know you're doing better. Absolutely. That's it for me on the emails. Well, also every week we get together and we find out who's done something good. There's mm. always normally something bad. Well, when somebody does something bad, it's always ramping the news. But I wanted to go and find what's good and find this week's helping hand. This week's helping hand is John Stamos. Now, do you know who John Stamos yes. is? Okay. Um, this actually comes from the TVGuideChannel.com. And when I seen the the name of the author, I giggled like a little girl, because the author's name is Sadie Guinness. Uh -uh. Sadie what? Guinness. No way. Yes, right my here. favorite one of my favorite drinks. <laughs> and the the title of this is John Stamos to take teenage amputee to Disneyland. Wow. Now this this story's it's it's gonna make you cry. No, it oh. won't make you cry, but, I mean, there was another one with uh, Mickey Rourke yeah, uh, that I found, and he actually saves a, a passenger, or someone got hit on a motorcycle, and he was the first one to respond. Wow. And that was a good story. Yeah. But this one, I think, actually takes, well, obviously, we're going to do the helping yeah. hand on John okay. Stamos. Well, good for Mickey. Anyhow, if we don't read your story. John Stamos will help bring joy to an 18-year-old amputee. Caitlin DeBeau by taking her to the happiest place on earth. In February, DeBeau developed a deadly strain of menin meningitis. Men mm. Easy for you to say. Yeah. Um, a bacteria infection which forces the doctors to remove her arms and legs. Oh, hell no. Really? Stamos visited DeBeau at the hospital earlier this week where he posted mm. a photo of them on Instagram and wrote, I'm only doing this because they asked. I said, no press, 
but this story is a must read. Plus, me and Katie have a date to Disneyland. So, wow. he didn't want nobody, you know, he, he didn't want it to be all over the news. He didn't do it for that reason. Right. He did it because it needed to be done and he was there and could do it. <coughs> Which is cool. DeBro's friend, Kristen Kidd, shared her gratitude on Twitter, writing, Thank you, at John Stamos, for making the time to come and visit my best friend, at Caitlin DeBro. You made our day. Can't wait to see you again. Since being admitted to the hospital, DeBro's surgeries have, have left her family with an overwhelming medical bill. No kidding. Even after she was released, she still needed physical therapy to eventually, to eventually uh, learn working prosthetics. Yeah. To help ease the cost, the bro's parents set up a fun site which raised over $77,000. Oh, fantastic. That's still just a drop in the bucket, no doubt. Yeah. Caitlin had an amazing, positive, and courageous attitude throughout this illness and is determined to have a happy, fulfilling life, believing that God has an awesome plan for her and her future. She is my hero, her mother, Kathy DeBro wrote. Wow. So I, I thought that that was such, uh, you know... Did uh, Could you tell from either pictures or additional information about it uh how much of her arm and leg had to be cut well I mean, here's the sad thing is because i or... actually went and did some research yeah and how she got meningitis yeah she got it at the gym because that was the only place that she had gone for like x amount of days straight she just would get up go to the gym and then that following day, she didn't feel good when she came back from the gym, but she still went to the gym, and, and she did it for X amount of days, I think for like a week or so. Mm-hmm. And um, to the point where, of course, you know, the ears, that's the first thing with uh, meningitis is mm. the ears, and then and then I guess some other complications. Mm. Um, and then I'll actually post this picture on our website. It's um, Yeah, you playing with the puppy? Girl. It's the picture of John Stamos and Caitlin. Oh, let me see. Let me see. Wow. Okay. But we can't tell. Does she have any I arms can't, I can't or tell. any leg? Because The reason I'm asking is because that determines, of course, uh, the type of prosthetics that she'll need to use. And the more... Um, original equipment if you will that she has the easier it can be to um, handle the prosthetics at least from what i understand about the use of prosthetics i used to know a guy who fitted prosthetics really yeah um i <laughs> presume he still does in albuquerque and um below the knee amputations were uh easier for the amputee in terms of accustoming themselves to the prosthetic device um, above the knee ones are a little harder more difficult and it's just because of the musculature and the tendons and so on that right. you have to work with so that's why i was asking if anybody knew how much she lost and 
No, how much in fact, she's gonna it, have to it do. looks like it was intentionally covered to, or she was intentionally covered to sh- not show anything. Not show, yeah. Well, I can understand that. She probably doesn't want to show. It's, you know, it, her age is definitely on her side. Um, again, from what I learned from him about uh, being amp- having something amputated. Right. Younger people tend to do better than older people do uh, in terms of dealing with the amputation, uh, dealing with the phantom pains and and so forth. So hopefully uh, she'll she'll do well. She'll have the strength she needs to to come through. And sound like she's definitely got the strength of spirit to come through it very well. That was cool of him to do. That was. Well, this week we're going to do something a little different with headline news. Uh, mm. Normally we go and we, we look and see what's going on in Hollywood. Mm. But this week <laughs> we've got some local news to cover. Yeah, well, it's, it, yeah. Oh, I forgot about that one, too. Yeah, see, now, Lacey, you thought I was just growing old. But I did not say that. I know. Well, I had to say somebody did, and you were there. <laughs> But I'm not growing old. I'm chocolate defi- de- deficient. I'm I'm chocolate deprived. You're cocoa deprived. I'm cocoa deprived. Uh, in a study published Wednesday in the journal Neurology, researchers reported that chocolate may help improve brain health and thinking skills in the elderly. Yahoo! Pass the M&Ms. I'm all about that. A Boston-based team found older people who initially performed poorly in a memory and reasoning test and also had reduced blood flow to their brains showed improvement after drinking two cups of cocoa. All right. Oops. All right. She just handed me two Snickers, and I kicked the microphone with my thumb. Thank you. Uh, Let's see if I sound smarter after I eat them. They drank two cups of cocoa every day for a month. Researchers had set out to test whether chocolate could increase blood flow to the brain during problem solving. And apparently it does. So, all you old folks out there, join me in a cup of cocoa. Fuck the tea and coffee. Let's have cocoa. That's right. Or we could have tea with cocoa. No, Cody, the dog, is not getting in. No, you're not. No way. No. (laughs) Go away. This is Grandma's candy, not yours. So is is that no, significant wait. with older people, or is I it with... elderly? Okay. So you have to wait <laughs> till you get old. Excuse me for eating in the microphone. Go away, Cody. Okay. Now here's another one I love. This is insane. <clears throat> The headline, oh, that last article, by the way, was from the L.A. Times. Um, I think it was today's, or Sunday's issue. Um, this is out of the Daily Press. Uh-huh. It's Which sat- is our local newspaper. Our local newspaper, Saturday, August 10, by staff writer Jose Quintero. And the headline reads, Fort Irwin Issues New Dress code. For those of you who do not know, Fort Irwin is a military base located um, 
uh, reasonably close to Barstow and Yermo, California, out in the desert. It is a facility that uh, I believe gained notoriety. Um, well, not notoriety. It's I think it was established for the purpose of desert warfare training. Okay. Especially during um, Desert Storm, but Forerwind's been around for a lot longer than that. But it does uh, provide an opportunity for that. Also, there's a lot of Air Force training going on in that vicinity as well. I know this on account. I used to live in Yermo, too. I've been everywhere. Have you ever noticed, guys... Oh, I say I've been there and all that. Well, I actually have. I've been all over the world. <laughs> yeah, I think we're starting to see a pattern. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, it reads Fort Irwin. Residents of Fort Irwin. And now this is not just the military base, but there's a, uh, a little city right. there, town, if you will, uh, probably comprised mostly of uh, military families. You would think. And... Um, than any families who are there to operate whatever businesses may be in that area. Right. Because it's uh, somewhat of a commute to drive and to that. Actually, I haven't been out there, so I'm not really positive. Okay? But I'm guessing at that part. Anyhow, residents of Fort Irwin have a new dress code to abide by, according to a post on the Fort Irwin Facebook page, which we could actually go to if we wanted Wearing saggy or baggy pants, torn or cut clothing, pajamas, short shorts, and skirts, revealing undergarments, exposed bellies, and hats worn sideways or backward are in violation of the new policy according to the Facebook post. Clothing with obscene or vulgar words drug references, sexually suggestive words, or, quote, disparaging comments concerning the military and the United States government, unquote, is also prohibited. Latin to freedom of speech. Well, one wonders. According to the Post, Jason Miller, Community Information Manager, said the policy forces managers of any facilities or shops to deny service to anyone in violation of the dress code. The policy pertains to all indoor facilities, excluding the auto craft shop, Miller said. Not one single act prompted this policy, Miller stated. It was an accumulation. I don't think he meant to say it quite this way, but I am quoting. It was an accumulative violation of discipline and individual pride. Okay. Being stationed at Fort Irwin provides a unique opportunity to create not only a community of choice... But an enriched atmosphere where we can be proud of work, live and raise a family, unquote. 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> Where to start? Officials from Fort Irwin could not be reached for comment on Friday about the dress code. According to, an, to a report from the Army Times, Fort Irwin officials said the new policy is intended to foster dignity, <clears throat> respect, professionalism, and standards appropriate to a training installation. And when I first read that part, I, I made a note down here, uh, to, f- intended to foster dignity. And it reminded me of the, the thing we've seen in movies. And we used to hear, uh, you know, oh, this is for your own good. Big brother type thing. This is for your own good. This is, this is going to help you because it's for your own good. But what really is just blatant is they, they say that it's, it's <laughs> providing a unique opportunity to, 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 create not only a community of choice hello what's the choice yeah really where's the choice i choose to wear shredded blue jeans no that's in violation of the uh policy intended to provide a community of choice what the fuck is that shit i'm sorry that's that is total government speak is what that is yeah i'm so sorry but the country I live in uh, uh, gives me the right to speak, dress, and swagger however I choose to. And as far as I know, the fact that Fort Irwin is a military base right. may or may not entitle them to the. I can see where they could possibly get away with that with the military personnel themselves. Active duty members kind of thing. Presumably. But civilians? Right. Excuse me? Oh, yeah. I don't... And, and, and even active duty, when they're off duty, I suppose they say, well, we're never off duty, like cops and firemen. Right. But yeah, you are. And they're saying, you know, I mean, this is gonna, this is gonna really play havoc with the guys who make those shredded blue jeans and sell them for a fucking fortune. You know, with the holes in the knees and well, stuff see, like that. Well, see, I was thinking about I mean, making shirts, you know, on one side. They probably sell them in the store. Well, they said now, and, 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 and the stores now, they have to, they, they have to, they have to deny service. The, the facilities and shops are required now to deny service to anyone who's in violation of the dress code. So now they're not only telling people how to dress, they're telling uh, Joe's don- Donut Store, you can't sell donuts to somebody who comes in who violates the dress code. That's now they're making cops out of Joe's Donuts. Right. That sucks. From From... I don't know how many different points of view. Anybody that sees this differently, please explain it to me in an email. I'd love to know where am I going wrong in in my interpretation of this. I'm just reading it like it is, folks. I'm I'm I swear to God, there's not a word I left out. Not a word did I leave out. I I don't think my in my verbal inflection was inappropriate. I think I read it as. Um, Mm, what's the word? Um, I I probably did read with an inflection intended to sort of emphasize my opinion about this whole thing. Now that I you know if I'm being really honest about it, I didn't read it just straight 
like I would have if I was a reporter just reading it. See, that's why I never could be a reporter, because I'd be going, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Anyhow, um, yeah, like I said, if anybody if anybody hears something in this that doesn't smack of... Red flags. So many amendments to the Constitution being violated, then let me know, because... I, I totally, this is just as unconstitutional as you can get. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I don't know. I know that, you know, as far as the men in the military are concerned, their superiors, right. as they call them, uh, you know, are God, and they have to do everything they said because they're in the military. And I get that, okay, but not the civilians. And in my opinion, it shouldn't apply to... The off military duty. individuals who are off duty, and 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 so there. I just I'm flabbergasted by this article. I'm just floored. I hope that, the, that we haven't heard the end of it. I'm hoping that somebody else is flabbergasted by it too. I think the ACLU ought to hear about it. Oh, I'm sure they've probably already heard by now. I probably have. So there. That's that's our uh, our news. That's that's all I could get out of five days worth of newspapers backed up on my porch. Okay, well they weren't they were backed up on my kitchen table, but same thing. But you know, without without it being all negative stuff, I went through and I'm reading and it's like page after page after page of negative, negative this, negative that. Right. You know, and I'm like, come on. Well, normally we say we usually have this segment in the beginning of the show, but... We sort of got things fast-ackwards yeah. today. So we're going to close out the show with saying goodbye. And but we're going to keep it light. Well, well we're going to try. We're going to try. Um, let's see. How do I approach this? <laughs> well, don't read the whole thing, for one thing, because some of those obits are lengthy. I don't think we need to read the whole thing. Uh, Do yeah. you? No, no. I, I'm just trying to... Um, Who are you reading? The Munchkin. Oh, yeah, the Munchkin person. I sort of read through that. Do you want me to pick out the stuff that, that yeah, seemed, yeah, go ahead. Per- seemed pertinent at the time? Go okay. ahead and do okay. it. Okay. And, uh, Wizard of Oz Munchkin dies at 89, uh, which is really it terrible way to what a headline uh her name was margaret pellegrini and she was a munchkin in the 1939 movie the wizard of oz she suffered a stroke and died wednesday well she suffered a stroke on monday and died wednesday um she was let me see i found it in here before she her she was famous for her work on the wizard of oz um, she was 16 years old, actually, huh. when she played the role of a, quote, sleepy head, unquote, kid who wore a flower pot on her head in The Wizard of Oz. And they have a, actually a picture of her in, um, well, several years ago with the pot on her head still. Right. And it probably looks exactly like it did size-wise in relationship to her as it did when she was 16, because she doesn't seem to have grown all that much, but she's aged, of course. Um, 
She spent the later years of her life traveling across the country, attending schools, uh, usually dressed in the costume, and speaking to students about her time as a munchkin, sharing behind-the-scenes story and so on, so that the, the kids could, you know, could relate to it and to her role uh, in the movie and the role of roles rather of other individuals of their of her stature right. who were also cast as munchkins in the movie. So we say goodbye to Margaret. Um, also the last of the King Sisters has has died. Uh, you don't even know who the King Sisters no. are, do you? Uh-uh. Well some of us old folks out there do, huh? Um, they were uh, singers and, and songwriters, and the King, the King family was like this whole uh, musical family, and they had TV show and all that kind of stuff uh, back in the, mm, I want to say 50s, 60s, yeah, actually, here, let me see, it says, King began her singing career at 13, eventually joining her sister's quartet, which released more than 150 albums in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. Holy crap. Yeah. She went on to appear with her sisters on the King Family Show, uh, ABC variety program in the 60s, which I remember watching. She appeared on TV with uh, in The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet, and on MASH, and on stage in Guys and Dolls, and Hello, Dolly. Uh, she died at the age of 82 after uh, battling cancer, and she is survived by three children and seven grandchildren. So those of you who are as old as I am will remember the King family and the King sisters. And so we say goodbye to, what was her first name? Marilyn. Marilyn. I believe. Yes, Marilyn. All right, we can't leave, we can't leave out on a, an empty note like well, that. Well, we got two more. Lots of people died last week. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Shall I continue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The um, uh, Karen Black, who made, I guess, five easy pieces, made her, or at least brought her to everyone's attention. Um, Actually, I think she was easy she was easy, she was an easy writer, um, and Nashville. She has passed away. She was aged uh, seventy four. Passed away from the complications of cancer, which is sort of a stupid way to say she died. I mean, everybody that dies from cancer dies from the complications of cancer. But anyway, any case, sorry, I'm not here to pick apart the obit. She was known for her full lips and thick, wavy hair. She did have full lips. I envy her lips, but there you go. Um, Her breakthrough was as a prostitute who takes LSD with Dennis Hopper and Peter Fonda in the 1969's Easy Rider, the hippie classic that helped her get the role of Rayette DePesto, a waitress who dates and is mistreated by an upper-class dropout played by Jack Nicholson in the 1970's Five Easy Pieces. Uh, she did a lot of television work also. She was on Law & Order, Party of Five, uh, horror movies, most notably the Trilogy of Terror, Oh, that was on TV. I believe that was a TV. That a punk band named itself The Voluptuous Horror of Karen Black. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's see. She, let's see. She also was a screenwriter and a playwright whose credits included the musical Missouri Waltz, 
and A View of the Heart, a one-woman show in which she starred. So Karen had been around for a long, long time and uh, has much, much more, of course, to her credit. Anyone curious about her can look her up and on uh, online with I what is that IMDb 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 I still never can remember that I'm not good with just think about internet if I can't make a word out of it I don't remember the letters if think about internet movie database that's what it stands internet for internet movie database internet IMDb movie database. it's like there's this gas station down on Bear Valley Road and it's, it's for some reason they have a name like G and J or P and Q or some shit and I'm like. I don't know your family, and I don't know your name. So why don't you name your name? Why don't you give it a name that somebody can remember? So right. we always, I always call it PDQ's gas because <laughs> I can remember PDQ. But anyway, um, our last goodbye goes to Edie Gourmet, who died at the age of 84. Uh, she was, as most of you may know, um, a singer, very talented one, married to uh, Steve Lawrence. They. Uh, God, they were on TV and in movies and, ma- and made recordings and everything for years and years and years and years and years. Her biggest hit that, that landed her in, in uh, everybody's consciousness was Blame It on the Bossa Nova was the song, which I remember very well. You're looking at me like I'm from Mars, but that's okay. <laughs> um, in any case, Edie Gourmet was, uh, she was, she was a very good comedic actress too, I thought. She had, she had her, her moments um, on celluloid, as they say, um, and they, she and her husband, uh, totally owned the recording industry for a while. Mm. They, you know, big, big, big music. He, her husband, um, had an equally large. Uh, solo hit in the 62 in 62 with go away little girl was his one of his big songs um, people who are up on all this will know all these things anyhow to start with and people who aren't won't really give a shit but uh, in any case musically they contributed a great deal to our musical history Gotcha. And so we say goodbye to Edie. And Steve, we're sorry for you. There's the phone again. Hello? It's so fun to be recording at home. That way we don't miss any phone calls. See? Except we keep getting phone calls from people who... And for the record, I do not have Sirius XM radio. Do not. And I'm actually going to leave this part in. because what is this Sirius is, XM radio? It's satellite radio. Okay. And they want to sell you some or what? They're like they keep calling me and say we have an we have an important business matter from Sirius XM Radio. Oh really? Yeah, I don't have Sirius XM Radio. No, I don't either. I wouldn't even know what it was. Oh, that's the one with the little dog. There's a picture of a dog. Yeah. I sort of saw that one time. And and, and <laughs> we're probably going to end up closing out on a rant, so I'm sorry. Oh well, we don't want to close out on a rant. But it's it's but- almost eight o'clock. Our time right now, as we yeah, sit here and talk, yeah. it's, it's and two minutes to eight. And they're calling you, and they're calling. And they've, this is the second time they called in a, less than a half an hour. Yes. Well, why don't you let them... Oh, is it recorded? It's a recorded message, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, we get, we're getting a lot of... Uh, we get a lot of those kind of messages. I've gotten pretty good at it, though. 
Because, see, now you don't have your TV on, but when you have your TV on, you can see who's calling. Right. Because I showed you how to do that, which yes. is cool. Anybody that has Verizon knows what I'm talking about. Or if you don't, ooh, take your little um, remote and find, how did I tell you to do that? Through widgets. Yeah, go to the widgets. And there's this one opportunity that you have to put the telephone number of the caller to your landline. Uh, up on the TV screen. So while you're watching TV, if you don't want to get up and see who it is, you and in your case right you can't because this is an old phone. It doesn't even have the uh, little screen, window to yeah. say who's calling. Uh, at least you can see who it is. Now, sometimes they don't tell you because they don't know. So it'll say unknown caller at uh, you know some obscure area code you've never heard of or one you are familiar with but a number you don't know for sure right but i do that because we get so many phone calls from some other world drug companies that want us to god i don't know what they want and i can't, and you know every once in a while i'll i'll mess up and and i'll answer the phone uh-huh because i think oh maybe that's david's new phone number or something or i'll think i know who it is uh-huh. and it's them and they'll say can we speak to Ernie? And I go, no, and hang up, <laughs> you know. Or one time I said he's dead. One time I said, oh, I felt really bad about that, too, because it was an actual company that we do do business with. And I and Ernie had emailed him this letter and he was saying, or email, and he said that we didn't like their fish oil product because it leaked and it was it was all, there were nasty old capsules with fish oil all over them. And I hated it. Uh-huh. And so he emailed him and said, you know, maybe you don't know this, but that shit leaks and it's nasty. And so they were calling to tell us about, you know, they were sorry and everything. And I was really rude to this lady. Uh, you know, she wanted to know if she could talk to her. And he goes, no, he died, you know, and all this. Because you know, I'll say anything that comes in my head sometimes. Right. And and then I thought, oh, shit, that was, you know, so then I did the right thing, though. I called the company back and I actually got a hold of her. And I apologized to her for being rude to her over the phone and explained why. I was because we get so damn many phone calls from people that interrupt my sleep. Telemarketers, yeah. Yeah, interrupt my meals, interrupt my movies and all that kind of stuff just to try to get something they're not going to get because we're never going to do business. Never, never, never going to do business with you. Don't call me. Okay, so there. That's on an up end, isn't it? Yes, it it is. (laughs) So for this week, I'm David K. Montoya. And I am Miss Sadie Burbank. And you heard what we think, so now you know. Good night, folks. Yeah, I knew he wouldn't hold it. He yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with him on that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, it's, it's Bieber. He's an easy target. Exactly. He's there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay, our next one is uh, from a show that's canceled. Canceled or just discontinued? Oh, discontinued, yes. Ended. That's right. Ended. You see, we nothing's canceled. Canceled is a harsh term. That's right. It's you suck, on, you're done. On hiatus. On hiatus. How's that? Undetermined length of hiatus. That's right. There we go. Suspended indefinitely. Oh, that was me. Never mind. (laughs) Well, this one's Don't Get Us Started number four. Okay. Stick it to the man. Hey. I know. But this is from September 4th of 2013. This week, Sadie and Lacey get into some interesting topics like, what the heck, paraphilic infantilism. (laughs) Wow. Big big words are hard. Paraphilic. Yes. That's what it says. Paraphilic infantilism. Okay. Hoarding. Public restrooms. Getting your man to do something you want them to do. Dying pets. 
and lots of male bashing mixed in between. I don't want to hear this episode. No, anymore. no, I'm, I'm totally against male bashing. I'm, I'm, yeah, it's it hurts my feelings. It does. Yep. Lacey, Sadie. I, I don't think they even took that into consideration. How no, you'd feel. Nope. Nope. That's so rude. All right, let's listen to him bash away. All right. Here we go. Don't get us started, number four. Stick it to the man. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to Don't, Don't Get Us Started. I'm Miss Sadie Burbank. And I'm Lacey Montoya. And we're really glad you joined us this afternoon. This yes. Evening. What is this? This evening. This evening. Yeah. We're having a really good day. Are you having a good day? I am. We just came back from the gym and yes, I feel great. I do too. Besides a little hot, but other than that. Yeah. I, th- I love going to the gym. We go, we said last time we're going for that whole body vibration yes. thing. That sounds sexier than it really is, but. We shake it. It, it is vibrating. It's, and it is working. And it is. We, we're going to get measured tomorrow, so we'll let you know next week how we did. Yes. Exciting. How many inches we've lost. I'm sure you're all dying to hear. But yay, yes. <laughs> but we're happy. Yes. Um, and other than that, we're just sitting around talking about what we want to talk about tonight. And we started talking about, uh, unusual but, fetishes. Yeah. Uh, Sort of sexual ones, I guess. They, the sort of came up with one anyway. Lacey came, <laughs> we turned it around. Lacey came, Lacey came up with one that, that was interesting. She actually found an official name for it, uh, which is a, a tongue twister. So we'll just say that it's adults, adult babies, adults who like to be infants, but they have regular lives during the daytime when they come home. Yeah. Yeah, they have they, jobs and, and well, sort of regular ones. Now, see, we now we should say that most of what we're going to talk about tonight is certainly not personal experience, but stuff we've seen on TV. Uh, so well, we are going to have some personal experiences if we go we into. Might have if we're going to tell everything we know. No, 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 no. no. What? With the later on subject, maybe about the paranormal. Oh no, no. I mean about the baby. Oh thing. yes, yes. The baby thing. We're no here. personal we're, experiences we here. Don't, we don't know. We're just telling you kind of what we heard. Okay. Um, and and one of the things that I heard is uh, from a woman who. Uh, is in her 20s, I think, and she likes to, like you said, she has a, what you would call a normal out of the house experience right. at work and everything, excepting that she does like to wear diapers. She wears her diapers to work. Well, she did, but then her boss or somebody, uh, asked her to stop because they were visible sort of through her clothing. Well, not, who's not, not to say she didn't have a problem with controlling well, her movement? Well, you have a, a valid point there that she could have had, she could have been incontinent and, then, right. and they shouldn't even have bothered mentioning. Right. But in any case, um. Not unless she's going around just bragging, I wear diapers. Because... Yeah, I'm not really sure if that was it or not. But I know from what she said, she really kind of wished she could dress as an infant, all the time, because that's when she's happiest. Okay. And for her, it wasn't so much a, in fact, most of the ones that I've heard about is not so much a sexual thing no. with them. It's just that they're more comfortable, they're happier, um, and they, they enjoy their, their personal lives better when they are, um, and baby, being babies. Okay. And they, they, uh, some of them carry it to what we would call extremes. Yes. They buy and wear baby clothes, but they don't buy little <laughs> baby No, baby they have clothes. a maid. They, 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 that one man had a onesie maid. Yeah. And he was a big guy. And he was a big guy. And he had a big crib. Yes, he did. And a big baba. 
and yes, a big binky and, and a, a high chair and a high chair and he had a sitter and he ha- he actually I think she was his girlfriend wasn't she for a while I'm not a hundred percent I think she was for a while and she fed him and he would oh, sit there yes. and make baby noises and goo goo and gaga and yes. and you know like and to me that would get food. old really fast but yes. she put up with it for a really long time I think I think they finally I don't their think separate ways I but. think they were boyfriend girlfriend yeah but I. It's hard to get behind it. But, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm all for somebody, you know, whatever they want, whatever but... they Well, yeah, like role playing is one thing. <laughs> <laughs> one thing. Like you were saying, what were you saying about you thought Ernie and I oh, might do? What did I say? Batman? Yeah. No, you, no, Superwoman. No, Superwoman and Superman. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> that, that calls to, get, to mind such ridiculous images. <laughs> If you could, because I'm like 73 years old practically, and my husband's right behind me seven years, and um, I while he is to me a Superman, <laughs> I, don't see, I don't see him in a cape, I'm telling you. Oh, He's come on. Not Spice the, it up a little. Not, not the cape, and uh, and what is that stuff they wear, those... Uh, spandex? Yeah, spandex, no, spandex, <laughs> spandex is not his friend. Uh, or mine for that matter. I neither. No, I don't, I don't think so. And, 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 you know, then he'd have to like, what, fly around the house and I'd have to crack my whip and shit. No, that. Okay, you're putting a visual in the head. Yeah, what? I Whoa. I, I think not. But if he came home and said, honey, I really always want to be a baby and I never told you. Now, okay, just imagine. Hey. I've been married to him. We've been married 39 years. Right. Year. Congratulations. Thank you. If he came home and got drunk, which he'd have to do first, right. he'd have to get drunk. Because he's shy. He's very shy. Yes. Uh, even of me. Uh, and I've been married <laughs> to him for almost 40, been with him over 40 years. Anyhow, if he came home and had a drink and then said, honey, I've always wanted to be a baby, and I just didn't want to tell you about it. Um, I, I don't exactly know what I'd do. You know, you always, when you get married, you know, you go through the, the ritual wedding ceremony. Right. If you do, uh, you know, you go through that for better or worse bullshit. And you're supposed to mean it. And so that means no matter how crappy it gets, you're going to be glad you're there. Uh, which is sort of ridiculous. But in any case, uh, you know, when we got married, I said, to him before we went in. We got married the, at the Justice of the Peace in, okay. Reno, in Reno in the courthouse. And I said, we're sitting there. <laughs> we were sitting there waiting to get married. And there was this couple sitting there. And they were counting out their quarters and nickels in a bucket from, uh-huh. the, from the casino <laughs> up the road. Trying to see if they had enough money to get married. It was a choice. Anyhow, uh, I said, <clears throat> if, the, if, the, if the guy says, till death do us part, I said, I'm going to have a problem with that. Because... I was married before Ernie, right. and I got a divorce before I met Ernie, right. and it, to me, would be, I, I don't think I could have said that anymore. I said it right. once, and so I said, I can't do that. And I just, had a problem with... Um, obey? The Obey. Yeah. We took that out. Yeah, um, I told him that, too. Yeah, said, we don't, don't do Don't that. go there with the Obey shit, because yeah. that's not going to happen. We took that but, out of our bells. But I did say... um and I just told him, I said, if he says, uh, till death do his part, he says, I said, what'll I do? And he says, we'll just ask him to skip over it. Well, yeah. fortunately, being a civil ceremony, they didn't really get into the promises right. that much. You know, it was just, do ya, do ya, okay, you are. Get out of here. So, yeah, <laughs> two bucks or whatever, and you're gone. <clears throat> but. 
to get back to my hypothetical situation, if he came home and said, uh, I've always wanted to be a baby. I Would you humor him and do it? Dress up like a baby and have a baba and a crib and, and have you feed me. I don't know what I'd do. I, honest to God, don't know. I love I think the man he'd be to death, leaving out of the house with a white jacket on. You're out of here. No, no, <laughs> I wouldn't consider him nuts, but I would, uh, I'd, I, I'd be real surprised that it would take 40 years to surface. And ask him why all of a sudden now do you feel yeah. obligated to tell yeah. me? Yeah. So I would, I would think maybe that, that that would be something that, because all the people that I saw who, uh, willingly allowed documentaries to be made of them on this subject were young people. Yeah. Uh, by young, I mean under 20s. 30. Under 30. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, <clears throat> for me, at my age, and my husband at his age, to have that crop up right. doesn't seem likely. No. It, it doesn't seem, because I know him well. But you got these senators and these people who've been married for 20 and 30 years and tell their wife that I'm gay. Yeah, but then they're not, they're not going, oh, I just found out I'm gay. They knew they were gay. Yeah, They're but just their wives didn't know. Thirty years so, of lying to your wife. I mean, that's yeah, gotta but, hurt okay. the woman. But but in the meantime, she's got to know something's going on somewhere, or yeah. not going on somewhere. If she's got any brains, yeah, because you know, I mean, eventually she's going to be going, "Honey, where were you last night? Right. I smell aftershave on your shirt." You know, hello. right? So <laughs> it's going to be something different there. Well, but with this with this kind of uh, an interest, let's right. call it. Uh, you'd be seeing things. I mean, I would expect him to, now, on the way home from the gym, we were talking about how he loves to go shopping for baby yes. clothes. Okay, he does, but we give them away. Yes. He doesn't keep no. them. So if, if when we went shopping for baby clothes, he would go, oh, honey, look at this cute little binky. Let's keep it for fun. Then right. I, that would be, hello, red flag yes. time. Okay. But then no, that's ever happened. Or going through his underwear drawer and finding a binky. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, or worse. And so, no, that's never, none of that's ever happened. So, I think if he said that, I would have to say, come on, where's the camera? Right. I don't believe you. But, uh, you know, to carry the hypothetical thing to extremes, would I do it? Would I go along with it? I really honestly cannot answer that question. I don't know. I don't think I could. It'd be hard. I'm a mommy to two, but I'm not a mommy to my husband. Yeah. Yeah, well, I do boss him around a little bit. I have to admit to well, that. Well, I told my husband, I'm not your mother. Yeah, and then, <laughs> oh, while we're gone, will you empty out the dishwasher? <laughs> he didn't. Hello. So, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. In any case, these people enjoy doing the baby thing. And it makes you kind of wonder Maybe. why. Lack of childhood, maybe lack of mom being in the picture. Or maybe she was and they really liked it so much they can't go on. Yuck. I don't know. Did they, any of them say why? No, no. not that I, maybe, but I don't remember. I've seen I that remember. show, I believe it was on TLC and it's been a while ago. Yeah, I don't remember any of them saying uh, anything about why. I don't think any of them felt the need to explain themselves in that way no uh to the interviewers they were just more showing um, they were happy to show their lifestyle and because you know, i remember I'm the one story it, you know, i guess if you want to do it it's okay but i don't think i could get behind it i don't think i could for, either 
horse. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, probably enough said on that. And subject. hopefully we never get put in the situation to find out. I don't think we're going to. No. I'm pretty sure we're not. I don't, I don't even know how I would know anybody that was like that. You know, it, there's, there's, uh, there are lots of people who lead secret lives. Hoarding, for example, okay. is another example of people yeah, because who lead they can be dressed, secret lives. Uh huh. So beautiful speak. when they walk out their door and look normal when they go to work. They go and shopping. Yes. <laughs> and buy a bunch of stuff and take it home and put but it in a never house get that's to already go, too full. You never get invited to their home. Yeah. And let me think now. Do I know anybody to whose home I was never invited? I don't. But then we don't know a whole lot of people. Right. We're I don't. We're not real social butterfly no. types. We do know some people. But I've been in all their homes. And, and if any of us could be considered a hoarder, it would be me. Well. Because I have a tendency to... <clears throat> hang on to things long past their uh usefulness to yeah. me. But the reason I do that, see, I always have a reason. Uh-huh. And the reason I do that is while they're no longer useful to me, they they're could still be useful somebody to else. somebody else. Right. And I was also raised by parents who grew up, or not grew up, who were young marrieds during the depression and the war so everything was saved and everything reused everything they could get their hands on was right. saved and recycled and reused i've gotten a lot better i can so, say no when somebody says hey do you want this i used to be like okay yeah we lived at the right. same place for eight years in my garage oh my garage too much stuff too much you know, somebody was giving away a dresser. Hey, yeah. I can redo that. And it sat in the garage. Yeah. Somebody, oh, do you want this? Oh, yeah. And it sat well, in the I garage. Well, I hang on to stuff for stupid reasons. Like, it'll be valuable someday. And I hear hoarders say that on the show yes. all the time, you know, on the hoarding show. And I'm, and they're going, but this is worth money. I, there was a, there was a show just the other night and this lady was going, but, but these are vintage clothes and, and, and I know they're worth money. And it's like, we say when we look around the house at different things, you know, like I got these really old bowls and stuff mm-hmm. of my mom's, you know, and they are. I mean, I can get them on Google or eBay. I can look and right. see their $45 bowls and I've right. got them. And it's like Ernie's always saying, yeah, but who wants to buy? You have people knocking on your right. door wanting to buy your old bowls. I don't right. think so. So at what point? It's valuable to you. Well, and at what point do I say, yeah. It's worth money, but I don't know anybody that wants to buy it. For I do the amount, know somebody right. that doesn't have any bowls, though. Right. So why not give them a $45 bowl? Right. Or whatever the hell, you know, however much it is. And so I'm sort of at that kind of a crossroads in my life right now. I, I'm, I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm thinking, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get morbid here, but I don't want to die and leave all that stuff to my kids like my parents did. Right. I mean, we've got, we have all our stuff. Which is significant. Right. We have all my parents' stuff, which is even significant. Well, you've both families been married for a long time. Stuff. So we have three, basically three households stuff. Right. Now that's not true because we don't have all the furniture and everything like that, but we've got precious valuables from my parents, his parents, and our own. And, you know, at what point do you say, okay, enough is enough? Um, That's when you ask your kids, what do you want? Oh, they don't want anything. They don't. They don't want anything. Well, probably because they're boys. Girls no. are more sentimental with no, mom stuff and grandma no, stuff. No, really. And- 
Not really. I you am. Know, I mean, <laughs> uh, in the first place, a lot of our stuff is old. I mean, Christ, it's hundreds of years old in some cases because some of my mom and dad's stuff actually was their mom and dad's stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to get really ridiculous about it, we got some old shit in my house. Uh, and so at what point do you say, I'm either going to go on eBay and try to sell this. I'm going to have a yard sale and try to sell it. I'm going to get rid of it some way or another. Right. Because I'm not going to just keep taking up space in my house, waiting for somebody to need it or want it or you right. know, whatever. So I'm, I'm at that crossroads. But at least cross you road. have. Cause I don't, I tell you the truth. I don't think something happens to me. My kids are going to come in. They're going to call somebody in. They're going to say, how much for the whole lot? They're going to tell them 25 bucks. They'll say, take it, and that'll be that. Oh, that breaks my heart. Well, it'll happen. I'm telling oh, you. Oh, boys, don't do that to your yeah, mama. Yeah, they will. They will. Boys. I'm telling you. They will. But at least you have stuff that is usable. Some of these hoarding shows, it's pizza boxes and cigarette containers and Well, you know, the thing that I even sort of understand some of that. Okay, because like they don't care people, anymore. Just throw their... Some of the people are physically apparently physically incapable of doing anything more than i don't know how they this is what they say you know the guy delivered the pizza they crawled over the crap to get it then they sat down in their chair and ate it and tossed the box basically right. so i don't quite get that but but because they, they lost the trash not, can i don't understand i don't understand why they can't get up and, and you know if they didn't do anything except every day from where they're sitting take a plastic bag and fill it with garbage, and then take it out to, to the, the garbage, curb, to the trash man. I don't know why they can't do that, but apparently they they can't because they they but physically a lot of aren't these, able. That's their story. Okay? A lot of these stories is a long marriage has gone bad. He left, or they lost loved ones, right. and Stuff, and they've gotten depressed. And we both know because we've yes. both been through depression, serious ones, that uh, depression uh, can fuck your head up. Basically, it can yes, really badly, and so yeah, you're gonna not do unless you've been you there. Normally. You don't know. You're gonna go weird, and and okay, so I get I get the trash thing. I do. I don't approve. Approve isn't the right word. I I I can't see me doing it, but I get why they do. Right. Um. On the other hand, the thing I can't quite get through is like you see the refrigerators and the floors in the mm-hmm. kitchen. With inches deep of grease yes. and stuff like that. And I'm like, no, that's not hoarding. No. They're, that's something or else. Or bathrooms that the toilets yeah, no ba- longer yeah, work yeah, and that's they're all else. stopped up. That's, and that's a whole other thing. Issue. And yet you see that consistently in yes. the shows. You know, so I don't know. Sometimes I stop watching them too because they're kind of depressing. Yeah. Uh, because I wind up feeling bad for the ones that can't quite get over it you know they can't yeah. they go yeah bring them in we'll take we'll throw everything away and then they come to throw everything away and then they have a meltdown and yeah and they go no i just need to look at this first and you're like oh fuck they're never going to throw it away give right. it up you know and i don't want to be one of those i don't want to be one of those kinds right. of people and i'm not i'm really not anywhere near that i know it should be clearly understood that i do have ab- actually visible surfaces all throughout my home, including floors and counter and tabletops. But I do have a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, that, that isn't getting used. Right. And that's, that's not right. And so I'm trying to find ways of, of, she's you know, finding donate, new homes. I've donated a lot of clothing to shelters. Yes. And missions and whatnot. Um, 
But you're like me. You'd rather donate it to somebody who needs it. Well, if it's somebody I know and they need it, yeah, I'm happy to do that. I don't like to give things to the thrift stores because they put big price tags on it. and that's They sort of do that. And I think that was one lady's objection, too, in the uh, in thing was she didn't want to she, – she wanted – it to be a, the things that she appreciated for their vintage qualities. Right. She wanted somebody else to appreciate. Right. And I sort of kind of get where she's coming from. Right. You know, with that. Because, yeah, you do kind of want people to, I want my kids to appreciate uh, some of the vintage things that I have that are handed right. down. And I know they're not going to. They're boys, like right. you said. They're men, but they're, no offense, but they're men, okay? And, and, uh. They don't have that sentimental, I do anyways, I have that sentimental attachment to my Nana stuff. Well, my oldest son has some sentiment for things like, he's got his dad's ashes in an urn somewhere in the house, for God's sake. Okay. I mean, you know, he has some sentimental attachments, but, uh, and it should be noted here that, that also I didn't raise my boys. When they were young children, their their father and I were separated, and right. he raised them. Right. And so I've only come back into their lives uh, when they were teenagers. Okay. And so, uh, well, that's not true. We saw each other all the time, off and on. But, uh, I mean, I've only gotten really close with them uh, in their later years. Right. And their father has since deceased, and so blah, blah, blah. So... <clears throat> They don't have the attachment to some of that stuff that I have because I can understand. I'm not. I am their mother, but I'm not their mom. Right. If you get what I mean. Yes. And because they had a mom. Yeah. And she was a lovely lady. Uh, and uh, if anything, they'd probably feel more attached to that stuff than to mine. I would think. I can understand. Anyhow, um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to put my big girl panties on, as it were, with some of this stuff and. Put it where I know it can do some good. Right. Put it where I know somebody can use it. Uh, because I don't need, uh, I don't need 25 mixing bowls. No. And I bet you if you go to my house and count them, that's how many there are. <laughs> I am dead serious. No, because you, you don't know, cook that much no more. It's just the no, two I of don't. you. And, and you guys and don't we're eat. creatures of habit anyhow. Right. We always use the same thing. Plus, right. most of them are in those deep fucking cupboards that you can't uh-huh. get. Uh You know, 45 inches deep. I hate, you know, who di- who designs kitchens? Men. Men. Who, who builds cupboards? Men. Because apparently not a woman, a woman because. I really hate to mail bash. I really do. I'm not, we're not here to mail bash. No. However. <laughs> we shouldn't have to get on our hands and knees and a flashlight to get to the back of the cupboard. Or on a chair or a ladder. Uh-huh. To get to the to top. To get to the top cupboards. I don't really have that problem, Mom. There's I'm six foot one. We and no, you don't. But I'm five three. Right. Okay. We are mutton Jeff. If <laughs> and 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 I had over the refrigerator. There used to be a cupboard. Okay. And Ernie pulled it out when we got the new fridge because it was an inch taller than the old fridge and okay. the, it didn't fit under the cupboard. So he pulled out the cupboard and he goes, "I'll rebuild it later." You know that. Right. I'll do it later. Thing. You know that they all do. I'll do that. And It'll I bet it take fifteen minutes. Still a hole up there. I love that. How long is it going to take you to change your hell, honey? Fifteen minutes. Uh huh. Yeah, it takes fifteen minutes to find the car. Uh huh. Anyway. <laughs> anyhow, uh, and so every once in a while, and so I put shit on the top of the fridge, right? I've got like, and which is bad, I know, because it interferes with the cooling and all that shit. But I do it anyway. I do. Too. I have I have roosters and 
because I'm big on roosters, and I have a cow that's head wobbles, and I got all kinds of shit on top of my fridge, uh-huh. okay? And the other day, he's all, I should have put that cupboard back in there, huh? Now, I've got to tell you, <clears throat> this refrigerator is about eight years old now, uh-huh. okay? But hey, I digress. Anyway. So he doesn't like the roosters up there on top oh, of the no, fridge? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, okay. He's cool okay. with the roosters, but he's, he, you know, in the back of his mind, that that's something that didn't get done. You know, he sort of keeps track of that in an odd way. You know, uh, after I after I finish telling you this story, I got to tell you something else he used to do that okay. way. Anyhow, so I said, no, please don't, because it's so high. Uh-huh. And when you put the cupboard in, it'll be 36 inches deep. Who the fuck can reach it? It's, it's pointless to have something. I don't need a goddamn ladder to get, and there's nothing I own that I want to stick that far away. You don't have kids in the house, so you don't have to put things up high. No, I don't. I can leave stuff laying. I could put poison on the floor if I wanted to. And I'd still be, be all there right tomorrow. With it. No dogs, no cats, no kids. So I don't need just a lizard. I don't need the yeah. <laughs> no, she's gone too. Okay, or he. I don't need the cupboard thing. In fact, uh, Bob, he's making a lot of smoked meats and stuff yes. now. And he wanted a what do you call it? The Ah, oh, shit. You put it in plastic and then you stick it in the thing like that and it seals it? Yes. Seal a meal sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. And we had one, of course, naturally. Mom has one or two of everything. And, um, he said, it's um, like a food saver vacuum. Yeah, that, 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 that. Takes yeah. Air he goes, I gotta get me one. And I go, no, you don't. I got one. Mom's got one. Haven't even used the damn thing hardly at all. Cause after, I mean, it was fun for 10 minutes. Right. And then it was sort of a pain in the ass. I'd rather pull out a baggie and like that. But anyway. <laughs> So I boxed it all up and I sent it off to him. Well, when I got that shit all together out of the cupboards that uh-huh. it was stored in. Oh my goodness. I had this humongous cupboard over my stove uh-huh. with tons and tons of room in it. I had so much stuff crammed in that cupboard uh-huh. clear to the back. I didn't even know it was there. It's been there for years. Oh my goodness. Now what good are deep cupboard? I don't I don't get it. I don't I know what the man said when he built the cupboard. Well you wanted cupboards, didn't you? Right. You got cupboards. You know? But but uh, guys, please listen to listen to us. Okay, if there are any cupboard builders out there, please stop making cupboards inaccessible. I mean, I get that you know there's only so much room in a kitchen. Right. Okay. So and make them more useful. I'm sick and tired of laying somehow. my cereal boxes down sideways to put them in the cupboard. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow. And now a word from our sponsors. Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18. But with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating, strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Roberts Field Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, 
Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. Now available in paperback and hardback. For more information, log into www.redhills.us. Are you looking for a new book, comic, or apparel from your favorite MythWorks or independent creators? Then you're in the right place. Introducing the all-new redesigned MythMart store. Now bigger, badder, better. Sign up and become a member and receive 10 to 50% off on selected items. Get the all-new Terry D. Shearer's Bloody Hell t-shirt, or non-members can pick up one of our e-books for only $4.95. Or go into the past and relive the 90s with MythWorks Comics Classics for $3.99. The new MythMart. Bigger, badder, better. Visit MythMart at www.mythworks.com slash MythMart. Or find us on Facebook for extra savings. Do you own a business or have an item you want to sling? Do you want a chance to reach potential customers? Do you want to make some extra cash? Then here's your chance. For $50, you can have a one to two minute commercial featured on each of our shows for an entire month. With six shows a week, that's only $2.09 per podcast. Plus, for an extra 10 bucks, your item will be placed into MythMart. So sit back and relax as they handle all stages of transactions. Contact our ad department at info at jaysamon.com. I was I I told you I was going to tell you something funny yes. about Ernie. For years and years, more years than I care to remember, he had. Well, okay, let me back up a little bit. 1979, we bought a new 1978 Dodge van. Okay. Okay. And it was like cheap, 4,200 bucks. Okay. And that was then. Right. Cars were cheap. Um, but it was a bare bones van. Okay. It had, uh, you know, you, when you got in the back, there was metal right. sides and like that. It had no paneling, nothing. So for years he said, I'm going to panel the van. And interestingly enough, it seemed as though, you know, his birthday's in April. I don't think there was any coincidence with that fact. But interestingly enough, he would say this almost every April. Or so it seemed, anyhow. So for years, every April, he'd say, I've got a panel of van this year. And it, he said it so often around family friends of ours. Right. In fact, one of them is, is Kelly DeTuro's okay. husband, Frankie, uh, whom you know from her books. Yes. And, and Through her David association and you. with your husband. And her husband, Frank, Frank, uh, I always call him Frankie because he was like an adopted son to us. Um, he was around when this was said often enough that he's heard, he, he laughs at the, <laughs> the whole thing too. Yeah, I'm going to panel the van. He even went so far one year as to buy, um, a pattern 
Oh, for and paneling. Okay. For the van. And then, lo and behold, he paneled the van. How many years later? No, that year. He paneled the van. Wow. He put up, he put up some paneling in the van. Okay. Some. Which is not the same as paneling the van. Right. I mean, there's paneling the van and then there's paneling the van. Right. And, and so, and then he knew that. The minute he looked at it, it's like, this isn't quite what I had in mind, but it'll do for now. Right. So then it was, I'm going to fix the paneling in the van. Right. Every April, I'm going to fix the paneling. In the... And see, it sort of plays over in somewhere, on some level in his little mind, not his little mind, but his mind, uh, he, he's got this record playing of stuff I didn't do yet. That right. going to do. And it hasn't been at my behest. I never, I didn't give a shit whether he paneled a van or not. Right. I could care less. I paneled it. I don't, I don't care. It was noisy anyway. It didn't matter whether you paneled it or not. Right. Fucking vans are like, God, it's like, like driving an airplane, you know, it's so noisy. Anyway, so that's why I said that about the cupboard, because he's got this thing going on in his head of stuff that, that he's committed so himself said, to do. But honey to do list checked really off. It's the honey to do list I haven't done yet. Yeah, but it's his list. Right, That's his honey weird. to do list. Yeah, 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 it's his 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 list. And then every once in a while, I'll leave notes on the kitchen table, uh-huh. like uh, check the water in the backyard. I think there's a leak. Uh huh. And I'll just leave that there. And then I'll mention to him, you know. The water bill was $100 this month, and right. I think there's a leak in the backyard. Right. And then I leave the note, and that's it. I don't say shit. And eventually, he'll go out and check on his own. But if I didn't leave the note, I don't know. I don't know. I think we'd go a couple of bills before oh. he, before <laughs> he'd get around to it. Sometimes I will say, hey, do you see that arc of water in the backyard? Right. You know, do you think that might be coming out of the sprinkler Honey, system? we don't well, have, we have a swimming pool in the backyard. It? We have a drip system. Yes. And boy, does it drip sometimes. I mean, it's it's shit. We've been there. The house has been there since, uh, it was built in the late 60s. We've been there since 89. Mm-hmm. He put most of the drip. Well, Dad had some of the drip system in. Mom and Dad lived in that right. house before we did. And then Ernie put a lot of it in, too. And so it's old, it's old stuff. So every once in a while, you know... It breaks here and there, right. or it needs repair here and there, and and you can always tell. Because we if, live in a very dry climate. I mean, it's, yeah, we but don't we get... don't always go outside in the garden anymore as much as we used to right. when we were younger. You know, so we could have a horrendous leak out there and not even know it until you got your bill. Uh, yeah, well, so <laughs> when we had the dog, we used to go out in the yard because yeah. we had to take the dog out in the yard. Right. Now that we don't have the dog anymore, uh, we don't go out, so we don't. You know, lots of shit can go on. We don't even know it's happening. Right. And they even called us from the water company one day and said, uh, do you have any leaks around your house? And kind of your water bill's getting really high. And we're like, oh, I don't know. So we went out Well, oh, that's cool. They called you though. Oh yeah. They're very good about that. Yeah. And sure enough, there were some major leaks and yeah. we plugged them up and everything was good again for a while. So, but anyhow, that's how I get him to do stuff. <clears throat> and then the other way is I make sure that whatever it is that I need to have done, mm-hmm. I make sure he needs to have it done. Right. If, if, like you were talking about, if you make it miserable right. enough for so-and-so, he'll take care of such-and-such. Such. Yeah, right. Okay. So I kind of do that, too. I don't, uh, I'm never the one who says, boy, that faucet's driving me crazy. Right. I just say, honey, can you help me with the dishes tonight? Right. <laughs> and let him find out how fucked up the faucet is. <laughs> 
and eventually he'll go, this faucet's fucked up, you know, and he'll fix it. And that works really, really good. Right. Um, you know, I mean. Really, honey, is it? He doesn't mind, uh, being asked to do stuff. I, I am the one who, I don't like to ask him to do things because he works full time. Right. He only has two days a week off. And he works night shift on top of that. So he doesn't have a whole lot of time right. just to be himself and do what he wants to do. Seems like his whole two days off are spent going to the grocery store, which he likes to do. Right. He loves he, to shop. I'm always saying, honey, you want me to go to the store or do you want to wait and go when you're here? Oh, I want to go. Okay. Well, wait. He you likes know. to shop. He loves, man's a shopping fool. And so that's, that's good. I love that. I'm right. happy that, but that doesn't leave him a lot of time. To be himself, fix things that need to be fixed. And so sometimes I go, why don't we call somebody, honey, and have them come and chop the tree down? Oh, I can do it myself. You know, and I'm <laughs> like, oh, God, here we go. 15 minutes and it'll be done. I know. It's not uh-huh. right. 15 minutes for everything. Everything. David's except, is always a minute. Except, Give me a minute. Yeah. Well, see, now they they draw a line somewhere in the bedroom, though. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't get no 15 minutes in no. the bedroom. I'm lucky if I get a minute. <laughs> in any case, I digress. Uh, so, so some of the things I, I want to have him do, I, I don't say, can you do this? Right. Or I, I have to catch myself because every once in a while I'll say, oh, that damn this or that, whatever. Right. The damn computer or the damn this or damn that. I swear a lot. Uh, and he'll, he'll drop what he's doing. He could be, he could be putting a bite of food in his mouth. He will stop it and go fix it. Yeah. And it bothers me that he's so compelled to do that. I, I, I hope to God I never made him be that way, but maybe I did. I don't Don't know. know. Don't know. In any case, so I try really hard not to say things like that because I don't, that's not my hope. Right. I just sort of want him to put it on his mental list. Right. You know, fix the damn whatever it is thing, you know, because the lady's starting to bitch about it, you know, (laughs) and then they're good. But in any case, um, how to say we got from hoarding to that, I don't, I don't quite know. Ah, we get lost. Well, and the people hoard a lot of other things too, besides. Well, you were saying when you. Things. Was it in Albuquerque or Albuquerque, New Mexico? The man who would do the McDonald wrappers? Oh, yeah. Yeah, bless his heart. I'm sure he's gone to his reward, so I won't be talking out of school about him. They, all, they always say don't talk ill of the right. dead because they can't defend themselves, but fuck it. In any case, <laughs> yeah, this old guy was a, what we called a monthly. We used to manage uh, KOA campgrounds. Okay. And this guy was a monthly resident. He paid by the month, okay. lived in his little, in his, uh, and not little, but his trailer. And uh, he was... Oh, he was getting on in years. He was probably in his late seventies, early eighties then. And, and he was worn out late seventies, early eighties. He was, he was tired, bone tired. In any case, um, he was also a drinker. So he, he used to go out in the middle of the night when nobody was looking and, and throw his bottles in the trash. Yeah, ka-thunk, ka-thunk, ka-clank. You could hear him clanking in the night. You know, that was cool. But he, Ernie had to go in a couple of times and help him because he'd, he'd come in the store and say, son, my John's plugged up. You know, and <laughs> Ernie'd go, really? Okay. I'll uh, come down and take shit. a look at it. Yeah. Poor Ernie. He's been up to his elbows and shit most of his professional yeah. life. 
Well, and KOAs, you know, you, that's one of the big things you get to do is you get to clean bathrooms. Ooh. Yeah. And people are notoriously bad in public bathrooms yes. as far as cleanliness. Because they don't have to, they don't have to clean them. And you know who's the worst? Women. Yes. Yeah. By far, women in public restrooms are the worst. A lot of, I've heard them say, I'd be in there cleaning a bathroom or plunging a toilet or something, and I've heard them say things like, well, they pay somebody to do that. Yeah, it's messed up. You know, throw it on the floor. What the fuck? And I'm like, oh, bitch. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so he went down there and he'd go to help find out why this guy's, John is plugged, you know. He's connected to the sewer and everything, but he goes in and he, and he said the stench hit him like when he got right in the door. Oh. Yeah. And he's, he couldn't get to the John because of the guy had, uh, McDonald, you know, the styrofoam sandwich boxes and, and di- meal boxes that they used to give out with used, meals yes. and stuff. Especially, this was in the, Jesus, 78. Now we've gone to paper this is cardboard. About, this is about 1980 or so. Okay. Okay. So they were styrofoam. Well, they still have styrofoam uh, doggy boxes and whatnot, you know, when you leave a restaurant. Yes. But anyhow, uh, he, he go to, you go to Mickey D's, you get a burger, it's in a box. And, or that was then. And the fries and all that shit. And he would save all the boxes. He had them stacked. He had, he could have opened a McDonald's. Oh my goodness. He had them floor to ceiling. Very organized. He had stacks of the paper wrappers. Okay. Unfolded, laid out in little squares. Right. Stacked up. Oh my. He kept the chip, the, French fry container? French fry thingies, nested. Okay. Stacks and stacks of those. I wonder what his reasoning was with that. Well, I'm probably the same as any hoarder, you know. He didn't want to throw it away because it was valuable. You know, they were good. There wasn't any reason to throw them away. I don't know. I didn't ask him. Neither did Ernie. Didn't Maybe want to go he there. played McDonald's when the door was closed. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I didn't see his little hat, but he might have. You know, these were hats. His underwear drawer. Yeah, it could have been. Ew. <laughs> I don't know if he had an underwear drawer. I'm not really even sure. Anyhow, he had, uh, when he went to find out why the shitter was plugged up, as, 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 uh, Randy Quaid says in Christmas Vacation. I love that fucking movie. Yes. He's out there dumping the sewer line and from the mobile the- home into the into the street thing uh-huh. and he goes, shitters fall. Yeah. Down that's into the what gutter. this guy well, anyhow, uh it was. And so Ernie said, hey, dude, your shitters full. And he goes, Yeah, I know. And he goes, uh but I saw the sewer connection. And he says he says, uh, don't you ever flush it? Uh-huh. And the guy goes, Flush? <laughs> yeah, he didn't uh, know like, how to huh? he apparently he didn't know how to because, you know, uh uh um uh, an RV toilet mm-hmm. flushes differently from a house toilet. Right. You don't have a handle that you flush. You, you have a thing you step pedal. on yeah. and it, and it, yeah. And, uh, he didn't, or he didn't very often. And so anyhow, and Ernie fixed it all up for him. He, I think he had to do that like two or three times. The guy would forget, you know, he was a sweet I would have stuck a note above his toilet. Step he was at, no, on silver. I don't think he would have read it. He was, he was a sweet old guy, but he was a little cuckoo. <laughs> We took him on a trip with us up to Santa Fe one weekend. We said, yeah, you want to go up to Santa Fe? Oh, yeah, I'm going to get me some Huvos Rancheros. He, <laughs> he goes, we go, what? 
Juvos Rancheros. Did you ever eat Juvos Rancheros? That's real good. He's saying, <laughs> like, he was talking about Huevos Rancheros. Yes. And I go, no, I don't do Huevos Rancheros, Juvos Rancheros. But he did. He was, you know, like I said, he was a sweet old guy. He, he was just cute. a little, a little strange. <laughs> but people also hoard animals. Yes. Um, and that's kind of a sad situation. Yeah, because a lot of the ones I've seen, a lot of the animals are neglected. Yeah, and they do it out of the goodness of their hearts, I think, honestly. I think they mean I, well I by they, it, they just, but it gets overwhelming. It gets out of hand yeah. fast. You know, if you've got a dog yes. and a half right now. Yeah. <laughs> and because uh, you're sort of having a, a visiting dog. So right. it's not really your dog, but he's here. No. And, uh, and the dogs can get out of hand really easily, and cats really worse. Yeah. And if they're not neutered or spayed, uh, this would be a good time to plug for neuter or spay uh, your yeah. animals, folks, if you don't take but them watching, today. Um, take them know, today to the vet. get fed, but, you know, the ear mites with the cats. Yeah, yeah, there's all kinds and of diseases. And the feline diseases. And yes. And then there's the picking up after them. And a lot of times the people that hoard animals seem to be older people yeah. who really aren't able to take care of right. animals. You know, I mean, we had Riley, our little dog, yeah. for 13 years until we lost him to uh, cancer. And uh, my goodness, it was an expensive proposition. Yeah. You know, we we took care of that dog as well as we ever took care of any children right. that we had responsibility of. And, and uh, uh, it was expensive. Yes. It was very expensive, especially toward the end. Yeah. But it was cool because we donated his body to Doggy Science. And, oh, that's cool. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, we did. We th- I, I wanted to do something other than just bury him. You know, it's right. such a tragedy to have to bury a dog you've loved since it was born. You know, right. However old they are. But 13 years is a long time to have a dog um, and lose him. We and got so, Cody when he was nine weeks old. And now he's five. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was hard. I cried. I admit it. But, uh, you know, it had, it, it was, that was the way it was. He was a little Bichon. Just as cute as he could be. And that was me, my cockatiel. Had, had him, you know, from the time he was, he was, oops, just a little, I hit the mic. He was just eensy beensy. Oh, yeah. And he used to sleep on my shoulder. Aww. And like a puppy and everything. I loved it. Anyhow, uh, when he passed, we donated his, uh, his body to, uh, a, uh, veterinary school, actually. Okay. And so they could dissect him and they could learn from his disease processes cool. that were going on at the time. And he wasn't and there no more. He's, he was gone. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. know about that kind of stuff. No, that's never been a big deal with me. Um, but the, the important thing we felt was that he's made his little contribution to the right. world. He wasn't just a good buddy to us, but he was also a buddy to science, yes. as it were. So we we kind of felt cool about that. But uh, and and our kid when we lost Riley, and that's been several years ago now. He died in October four or five years ago. Yeah, I remember when he passed yeah. away. David and told me our kids said, "Oh, you'll have another one soon." I said, "No, I don't think so. I think that's it for us." Yeah. For one thing. We like to pick up and go. Yes. You know, we're off to Vegas every time yes. we turn around or we're down to see the kids or we go to fishing. Right. We're all over the place. And it's a pain in the ass to have to fuck with your dog at yeah. the same time. you got to either take them with or board them. You either came and babysat way, Cody for us before we can go see my mom. Yeah, and when Becca hold got your married. breath on that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I know. Well, I came over and babysat yeah. him. That wasn't quite the same as having to have him over in my loving care. No. Although I've had to do that for Hands Across Street. Oh, but anyway, <laughs> we won't go there. But that was just for a short period. Yeah, it was just overnight. Anyhow, um, not only is that expensive or mess to deal with, right. you know, I gotta make, you make the hotel reservations, you make the airline reservations, you make the car rental reservation. Oh, and don't forget the fucking dog reservation. Right. Pain in the ass. Anyhow, um, not only that, but we're too, hmm. I don't want to say old because that isn't it. It's not that we're too old. I think right now we're in your too time stuck of life, in our ways to take on the the additional responsibility of another soul in our family. Right. You know, because well, in the first place, like I said, Ernie works nights. Right. We don't go to bed till one o'clock in the morning. Right. We don't get out of bed till uh, I get up at eleven and take my shower. I get him up at eleven thirty. Stuff like that. You know, dogs don't, like dogs don't live like that. No. Riley learned to when he what by the time Ernie got that job right. and started working those hours, Riley was an adult dog. So mm-hmm. we could teach him to sleep when we slept mm-hmm. because he slept in our bed with us anyway. Ew, but he did. Cody sleeps and, with us. Uh, and then we could teach him to get up when we got up. Mm-hmm. And, and we actually got his body cycle to the point where he didn't have to get up and go pee early in the morning. Once in a while when he was older, he did. Right. But most of the time, no. Plus, Ernie was, it was easy for him. He'd get up, go take the dog out in the middle of the fucking snowstorm. Yeah. Take the dog out, let him pee, let him poop, all that kind of stuff. Come back in, get back in bed and go to sleep as though he'd never gotten out of bed. Yeah. Not me. If I'd have gotten up and done all that, he I'd have been, been up still up, yep. But anyhow. No, we got Cody, because David also works nights. Cody's been. And he keeps your schedule. Yeah, that's the whole point. But a puppy, a puppy wouldn't do that. Puppies are on puppy schedules. Yes, and I know that. So we don't want. I don't want to go through that. I don't want to deal with it. Plus, it is tiring and and energy consuming. And I have so many things on my plate now. I do. We go to the gym three days a week. We podcast two nights a week. I make jewelry. Right. I do other jewelry things besides make jewelry. We still want to get back to our pot throwing. Um, and oh yeah, I write books. Yeah. So hello. When you don't do I have, have time, time for, a, for dog. a dog. I don't. And a dog is I a full time responsibility. Yeah, it's like He's, a kid. Yes. It's like a kid. And that's cool. I dig that. I don't want another kid. I don't want another dog. We just want to pick up and go when we pick right. up and go and not have to worry about it. And it has been nice. Not that I haven't missed his little fuzzy self, but it has been nice since he's been gone not to have that right. responsibility. So right. I'm very, very happy about that. So I feel sorry for people who are as old as I or older and are hoarding animals or not even hoarding animals, just taking on Every the responsibility find. Of, of animals uh for whom they cannot care. Right. They can't afford to feed themselves in some cases, let right. alone their animals. They cannot afford the veterinary care, which is outrageous. Yeah, it's insane. Veterinary care is very, 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 very expensive. Any of you who have animals know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, you know, and you have, unfortunately, you have to make decisions sometimes. Uh, you know, can I afford to have my dog operated on right. or you know if he gets hit by a car god forbid or something like that right. 
Or am I going to have to have him put to sleep? Sometimes that's expensive. Having just having him put to sleep yeah. costs money. You know, am I going to do that or what? So, yeah, I feel sorry for people who do that to themselves. And I, I wish there was some way that, that they could learn not to. Because it's not yeah. good for the animals. It's not good for the people. No, because the disease goes from animal to animal to animal. Yeah, and does. a lot of the time, it, it affects the human, too. It does. It does. We have a little over 10 minutes. A little over 10 minutes left, huh? What's, oh, I know one thing I want to bitch about. Ah! <laughs> Remember at the gym I had to go to the bathroom? Yes. Yes. And it reminds me. I stay me, away from public bathrooms I know, as much as like, I can. Listen, I, I'll tell you what, okay? Uh, let me think. How long ago was it? Oh, shit. Easily 40 years ago. Okay. No, I back up. Back up. All right. Back up. Ernie and I have been together that long. It was 35 years ago. Okay. Roughly. Give or take. Yeah, maybe it was 40 years ago because it was before we were married. Okay. okay. But I knew him. Okay. Okay. I lived with this woman named Patricia. Patricia, if you're out there and by any chance listening, hi. Uh, and she, uh, actually, I lived with her because we lived in this humongous apartment in Santa Clara, uh, Sunnyvale. Okay. That, uh, was expensive for a single renter, but they would hook you up with roommates if you needed one. Okay, cool. And they had a list of, you know, acceptable people and they'd try to match you up. It was sort of like, a, it wasn't like a dating service. It was male to male and female to female. Okay. Thing. Unless that would have been dating for you and then I don't know what they would have done. But in any case, for, in our case, it wasn't a dating issue. Right. It was just, I need a roommate and there's a woman who needs a roommate. And so we met and we go, yeah, this will work. And so it did. So anyhow, she had some stuff down in Southern California that she needed to bring up to Northern California, okay. which is where, uh, Sunnyvale is. And, uh, so I said, well, I'm off. I'll go with you that weekend and, and help you pack up your junk and bring cool. it up. I can help you drive and take turns driving, blah, blah, blah. So we go down old, what is called Highway 99, which, uh, among other things, goes through Fresno and to Bakersfield and like mm-hmm. that. Well, somewhere between those two towns, uh, we had a really heavy need for a pit stop, both of us. Okay. So we stopped at this little off-the-road gas station that, Actually, it was open, operating. Okay. okay. But, I mean, there was no business there. Nobody was there. Right. Except us and the guy inside. Right. You know. And they, <laughs> they didn't, should have been, first clue should have been the fact that there was no key to the restroom. Uh oh. No key, just go on in. Oh, good. And she said, you go first. And I opened the door, and I looked at that, and I said, you know. I really don't got to go that bad. I just <laughs> really don't think so. And she said, oh, come on. And I go, no. I mean, I've I've, I've peed in a lot of undesirable places right. in, my main, in my life, okay? I've peed behind bushes. I peed over a rock one time when I was a little kid, and there was a rattlesnake on the other side oh. of it. I have peed in some really outrageously bad places. I have never seen anything like this back in my life. It was, ah, uh, it was bad. Yuck. It was really, really, really bad. Okay. But 
that's just an aside to this whole thing. Okay. You don't like to pee in public places. I don't mind. Right. I'll pee damn near anywhere. And that's the why I told that story because there is one place I won't ever pee. Right. And it's that gas station. If it's still, if standing, even still there, I'm pretty sure they must have torn it down by now. I hope so. <clears throat> in any case, uh, public bathrooms don't frighten me. That, you know, sh- that's why God invented the little paper things you put on yeah. the toilet seat. Anyhow, uh, what I didn't understand and I don't understand every time I use a public restroom is what the fuck is up with putting the toilet paper holder thing because i don't know what the fuck they're called what is up with putting that on the low side of the wall right okay and by low i'm talking about when you're sitting on the john you have to practically get off of it to go underneath the goddamn thing to to open it to get the paper and it's and it's a two roller okay Uh and it's always the the farthest roll that you need because right. the near roll isn't being used, right. you know. And so that's even another 12 inches further. So now I'm hanging, hanging off the toilet here, barely <laughs> hanging on with my poor little buns to the toilet, trying to reach the paper. What? The, and, and, and the whole wall and, and a whole, a but there's a bar there, you know, cause they got all kind of people come in, you know, that need help. So they got right. a bar there, but above the bar, which is waist high on the wall, above that, to the ceiling, is nothing. Right. Nothing. Why the fuck can't they put the toilet paper thing up there? You think it would be more sanitary anyways to have it higher, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. I throw away the the first 12 inches of every toilet paper roll I ever get. I don't care about that. I don't care if it's been dangling in water. I just unroll it until it's clean, and then I go on. Uh, But why can't it be up? Why? What is the compulsion? What went through their minds... When they said, Harry, go in there and hang the toilet paper roller. What went through Harry's mind to go, I think I'll put it down and over where they can't fucking reach it. What is that? Harry didn't care. He didn't have to use it. Well, maybe men don't use public toilets to crap in. Well, and, you they, the and all they do is shake, shit. you know, when yeah. they pee. So maybe that's part of it. Maybe they don't. Maybe they go, I know I'll get even with the bitches. I'll put the toilet paper where they can't reach it. I don't know. It's not just the bathroom at the gym. Right. I have, I have, okay, grocery store bathroom, Mm -hmm. same thing. The medical facility I go to, Mm -hmm. same thing. Plus, they, you know, I go in crypt bathrooms because I need the the handles and things to, you know, and I like room. You know, I figure I'm old. Give me some space you know fuck it you're little you go in the teensy <laughs> bathroom i'm going in the big one anyhow you get in there and i'm sitting there and and I, the room is six feet wide right the toilet is six inches from the fucking left wall i don't understand that i don't either since the toilet paper thing is eight and a half inches wide, and it's down on the floor by my knees. Do you think it might be that close for people who are in wheelchairs can sit on the toilet easier? If anything, it's harder for somebody in a wheelchair. You think? Because they got a wall to mess with. Yeah. They manage to get off the chair and onto the john, mm-hmm. okay? And then they got elbows banging into the wall. I'm, when I say this is close to the wall, I mean, I'm talking right. it's close to the wall. I don't know. I just, I, I wish that whoever did that had to use it. That's my whole dream in yeah, life. Yeah, good luck with that. 
my whole dream in life. It's like when I was, uh, oh, we're probably running out of time. I have you to say five. that story. Oh, we do? Okay. When I was working mm-hmm. uh, as a respiratory therapist, as you know, yes. in hospitals that shall remain nameless. Yes. But actually some far distance from where we sit tonight. Yes. Um, there was a physician who I, uh, mm, to say I didn't approve of what he had, had done to a patient would have, would have been mild. Okay. Um, he did, he, he just, I, I don't even want to go into what he did, but okay. he did a really wrong thing that, that wound up perpetuating this patient's need for a medical facility for the rest of her life. Oh, dear. Could have been avoided. Could have been avoided. He precipitated that. Okay? Mm. Enough said on that subject. So my fellow respiratory therapist and I used to say, you know what I dream? I dream one day he'll be a patient of mine. Right. On a vent. Needing suction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if any of you out there are a respiratory therapist, you get what that means. Because, you know, you just really want them to experience the misery they've brought right. on someone else's life. Right. And, and I'm kind of that way about the toilet thing, okay? I just wish the guys that had, that put them in, and I know it was men, I'm sorry guys, but women, as a rule, are not construction engineers putting toilet wrapper thingies in the toilet. Right. Okay. So, uh, you know, I just wish you all had to use them because they're in such a bad place. I'm going to, you know, maybe I should just carry a screwdriver with me. Maybe I could relocate. <laughs> that would be good. I could just relocate Baby, them. Baby, what are you doing one there? One. With a drill. <laughs> exactly. My husband has to come to the restroom with me because I'm an invalid and I can't do it alone. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe I should go to those. I wonder if those, uh, you know, those family ones that they have, you know, where it's like anybody can go in here together. Right. Maybe their toilet things are, their toilet paper things are up where they belong. Uh, I don't know, but yeah, I could have him go with me and we could just (laughs) unscrew him and then, and then just <laughs> Grow back in up high where they belong. I wonder if we could pull that off. Wouldn't that be great? That'd be I funny. How long it would take people to catch on that that was being done? I don't know. You know, toilet paper relocator strikes. Again. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be so good. I like that. I think that would be good. I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk to Ernie about that. And say, honey. <laughs> yeah, I can see it now. In your spare time, I want to go to the bathrooms in town <laughs> and relocate all the toilet paper racks because they're driving me fucking crazy. And he would just say, okay, honey. No, he'd say, why don't you just go before you leave and then you won't have to use a public restroom. <laughs> and I would say, because I'm old and incontinent, that's why. So I have to use a goddamn public restroom. I'll hold it. And I'll... I can't reach the fucking paper. I'll hold uh, it for eight hour drive. Oh Lord, I can't do it. I can't, I, no. I can do that. I can, I can hold it a long time, but I dare not stand up. Right, because then it's like, yeah, it's like squeeze and I, run. I can't, uh, I can't yeah. squeeze and run. Uh, running is not in my vocabulary anymore. But no. <laughs> for that I can do it, but it's not much in my vocabulary. It's barely making it to the potty. Yeah, I know. That's not, and really it's good not really good for your bladder. On, no. I don't want to end on a note like that. Let's, uh, what can we end on that's fun? Oh my God. I can't think of anything that's fun. How much time do we have? 
No, we're done. Oh, we are? Oh, yeah. goody. Well, we don't have to end on anything in this, this nauseating. We can have, we can have our editor edit out the <laughs> icky parts and then just kind of leave it. Oh, everybody it. does it. Yeah, I know. That's, you know, my dad, I used to tell my dad all the time, you know, I don't understand why you don't want to watch sex on TV for crying out loud. It's natural. And my dad would go, yeah, so is diarrhea, but I don't want to watch it on TV. <laughs> so on that note, keeping with our bathroom uh, theme for tonight, yeah, uh, we want to say thank you for listening yes, to Don't Get you. Us Started. And I'm Miss Sadie Burbank. And I'm Lacey Montoya. And we hope you'll come back and listen to us be silly again. Yes, and have a safe, have a what? Safe Labor Day weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah. Have a safe, well, this is going to be over by the time, they, Labor Day will be over by the time they hear it. So, oh, well, we'll hope you, we had, hope a you had a safe we'll way to put it that way. <laughs> yes. Cool. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Now, and then, oh, I already did that joke. Never mind. Yeah, the turkey one doesn't work anymore. Well, no, it was a good turkey, though. It was a good turkey. Well, yeah. Useful. Well, you said what turkey isn't. I didn't know you could put things in that. Oh, you've never had a turducken? Yeah, yeah that's right. Turducken. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we just totally blacked out the mail bashing. We're talking about turducken. <laughs> food. Food. <laughs> food. Food trumps mail bashing. That's right. <laughs> All right. Our third and final show for today, digging back again, is Sheer Darkness number 12. All right. It's titled That 70s Podcast. <laughs> nice. Yeah, this is from April 19th, 2013. It says, this week, Terry covers a range of stuff from a South Park update, and then he gets into life of the 70s. A time of peace, love, and rock and roll. Oh, yeah, and drugs. Lots of drugs. <laughs> <laughs> they did have that stuff back then, didn't they? Uh, well, it was more available, I think. Yes. Was, would be the word, like, easier to obtain would be the words I'm looking for. Ah, uh, that could be it. Police have now, they get more cranky when you have it. <laughs> you think? <laughs> well, not in Colorado and Washington State. Oh, really? Hey, wait. Didn't Dave take a vacation to Colorado? Aha! Uh, uh-huh. Okay, Dave. Now we we're, know. We're on to you now. Mm-hmm. Didn't even share. Yeah. Thanks, Dave. Uh, what a guy. Well, you know. Well, let's get the... <laughs> yeah, let's get to let's the get, show. Yeah, let's... Terry. Let's let Terry uh, take us down a... Down a Long and winding path of memory lane. <laughs> Don't get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is fun. No, it's not. <laughs> okay, Sheer Darkness, number 12, that's 70s podcast. <laughs> Greetings, everyone. I am Terry D. Shearer. And I'm David K. Montoya. And I bid you welcome to Sheer Darkness. So what do you want to talk about this week? I'm kind of curious because we've been kind of all over the place you know in the past few weeks you know we've talked about several different things uh, you know from hobbies to toys to you know yeah, pretty much everything so I, I was really curious coming in today what exactly are we going to talk about this week before we get into our uh, main topic of discussion tonight I wanted to uh pass along uh, a few news items that are related to what I'm going to talk about later. Recently, there was a uh, poll released, P-O-L-L, poll, released in the news 
I said for the first time in 40 years, four zero years, there are more people who advocate the legalization of marijuana than there are who are against it for the first time in, well, since 1969. And the, uh, all these news anchors who are supposed to be, you know, moderately intelligent, they're all going, uh, why the big change all of a sudden? Why are so many people now um, wanting to legalize pot? Whereas before, you know, for 40 years, there's always been more people who didn't want to legalize pot. Well, I can tell you why. Because 40 years ago, 19, uh, 1970s, early 1970s, 40 years ago, most people were over 30. And, of course, they didn't want to legalize pot. You know, it's a gateway drug. You know, leads, leads to other drugs, I guess. You know, not that uh, drinking alcohol when you're young doesn't make you an alcoholic later in life. But that's different because it's legal. Anyway, again, in the early 1970s, most of the people were over 30, didn't want to legalize. Everyone under 30 was too fucking high to take the poll anyway, so they didn't care. Now, however, all these years later, all of those young people who were under 30 and were high all the time, are now in their 50s and 60s and realize that, you know, pot wasn't so bad after all. In fact, it was pretty cool. And so, of course, they would rather have it legalized. And apparently, um, a number of snack food companies are also getting on the bandwagon now, although I'm not sure why they would want to have pot legalized. Yeah, think about it. And in a related, related story, recently um, two high schools, one in Arizona, one in Southern California, students were hospitalized after eating brownies and or cookies that were baked with pot. Uh, Southern California high school student apparently was giving away potty, potty brownies, pot, pot-filled brownies. Uh, the high school kid in Arizona, however, was selling brownies and cookies that were made with pot to students. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, the only thing I'm not sure about is why so many students were taken to the hospital unless they were students who had never been high before and therefore didn't know what was happening to them and probably thought they were losing their mind or hallucinating for some other reason. I, I, I suspect that uh, any of the kids who 
were used to smoking pot knew what was going on. But uh, they might have just gotten a larger dose than they were used to. So, pot is still available, even though it's not legal in most states. But more and more people seem to feel that it should be legal. I think I'm actually one of those people, you know, like, I don't see the harm in it. I mean, if you kind of put the regulations to it as you would with alcohol, you know, no driving or, you know, just no public intoxication, then I don't see a problem in it. I, I think that, you know, if just legalize it, I, you know, I, I've never seen a problem with it. So, you know, we've got our medical marijuana cards here in California. So, you know, and, and we may follow, you know, the steps of the people of Colorado and may end up in the next few years legalizing it altogether. In a further related, related story, I have a South Park update. And uh, this episode that I recently watched especially got to me because... <clears throat> well, I'll just tell you what happens. Uh, basically, it was title of it was either uh, Big Boobies or Monster Boobies or something. I can't remember. But to me, it'll always be the episode that where Kenny got high. And it seems that uh, the kids of South Park discovered that if you inhale well they called it cat urine but it wasn't really the cat urine it was the uh, hormones that they spray when they're marking their territory I'm sure everyone has seen cat lift his tail and squirt stuff on couches and fence posts and screen doors and car tires and whatever else they feel they should uh Mark as their own. So anyway, the kids were inhaling this spray and were getting high. And Kenny, the they, they boys decided Kenny should be the guinea pig for this. So they had a cat spray him in the face. And when Kenny got high, he would always find himself in the middle of the heavy metal movie. And I'm talking about heavy metal in the magazine, not the music. Um, I'm sure some of you are familiar with heavy metal magazine. Maybe not so much now as, as back in the 70s and 80s. But uh, the original heavy metal magazine uh, debuted in France in 1975. It was there it was called uh, Howling Metal, and when it was brought over to the United States, they changed the name to Heavy Metal, and uh, the U.S. version appeared in April of 77. For those of you not familiar with the magazine, it has uh, dark science fiction, fantasy, and erotica, and it's basically a comic book for adults, I guess. It's all animation. And they finally uh, 
turned the magazine stories into a movie in 1981. So the movie, Heavy Metal, is where little Kenny finds himself every time he uh, snorts the cat squirter. And <clears throat> Heavy Metal was famous for its uh, buxom, blonde, uh, well, buxom women, blonde, brunettes, whatever. And Kenny finds himself, hang on, finds himself flying around the universe in the souped-up Trans Am, uh, Firebird Trans Am, and he has this seven-foot-tall, beautiful, booksome babe in the spaceship with him, and she takes him to her home planet where there are boobs everywhere, you know, on the walls, on the buildings, on clothing, on everything, and every time Kenny gets close to being able to play with the big boobies. His friends wake him up, <clears throat> bring him back, and that really pisses him off, and he's beating them all up and everything and screaming at him and shit. So he keeps going back and uh, trying to, to get back to the heavy metal planet. And it's a little more difficult because the town outlawed cats eventually when they found out so many kids were getting high on cat piss. But he manages, and then uh, I guess it's Cartman's dad. Turns out he used to do that when he was younger. They called it cheesing, I think. Anyway. So, anyway. It was a hilarious episode. Really liked the heavy metal, you know, connection there. So that was that was cool. Enjoyed that. And in case no one has figured it out yet, the main topic uh, of discussion tonight is going to be the 1970s and drugs other cool shit that happened during that decade. Um, my own two children were born in the 1970s, and I know Dave was born in the 1970s. <clears throat> what year was that, Dave, for you? I was born in 1977. Right. Well, unfortunately for the kids who were born in the 1970s, they didn't really get to experience the 1970s because they were, you know, too little to remember anything, really. But, uh, just like the television show Happy Days only, uh, showed a tiny portion of what was really going on during the 1950s. That 70s show, which was ridiculous, didn't show really much of anything that went on in the 1970s. And uh, I know what went on in the 1950s because I was there, boys and girls. And I was also there during the 70s, so I fucking know what went on there, too. And uh, you're not going to know what was happening unless you were there and experienced it. 
and uh, it was a very turbulent time for the American people. How so? Go ahead and elaborate. Uh, Vietnam War was raging out of control and just a lot of shit was going down. Um, I can tell you firsthand that the clothes, the clothing in the 1970s sucked, but the music was great. Well, except for disco. Disco was just a, a totally different aspect of music that happened in the 1970s. And uh, it's not something that a lot of, you know, diehard rock and roll fans even care to admit existed. Although, I admit that Donna Summer was hot. She was not only hot, but she was an excellent singer. And I can admit that I actually saw her in concert back in those days. The late 70s, I suppose. But <clears throat> had all of her recordings because, I don't know, man, she was just hot. But anyway, there was also back in the early 70s going to return to that portion of it there was a lot of really good heavy rock and roll music that came out you know Hendrix The Doors Janis Joplin Holden Company and then Janis Joplin on her own and uh, there was a lot of good music you know <clears throat> a lot of it uh, dealt with drugs and that's just because that's what was going on in those days, you know, Woodstock and free love and cheap drugs, that's what it was. Yeah, the 70s were a very turbulent time for the country. Uh, all aspects of life changed in the 70s. I don't even know if uh, any of you out there even remember or have heard of the Students for a Democratic Society, SDS. Uh, originally, they formed in uh, 1968, I think. They were a, uh, you know, a left-wing kind of political student organization who uh, didn't like uh, the Vietnam War or the way the uh, government was running things, I guess. Anyway, when they, when they uh, first started out, they were just a pretty, you know, mild bunch of students. And they went around to different college campus, campuses and talked to students, explaining their views and, and, you know, trying to get people to join up. Well, they, they hit uh, our campus uh, 
68 or 69, I can't remember. Uh, they did request volunteers to kind of stand in front of the stage to basically protect them because they occasionally were attacked or had stuff thrown at them and, you know, people who didn't like what they were what they were talking about. And I wanted to hear what they were talking about, what they had to say. Um, I knew that I you know, didn't really agree with the war in Vietnam at the time, but I, I had no strong convictions one way or the other. Anyway, I wanted to hear them. And I volunteered to, uh, you know, form a buffer zone, let's say, between uh, people on the stage and the audience. We had a, an outside student uh, center, you know, there was a covered stage and then there was a grassy knoll area where people could sit and listen to whoever was up there. So anyway, you had to sign up, you know, sign our names and our student number and that kind of crap in order to assist in this... Uh, program, and while I didn't realize it at the time, apparently the uh, FBI already had their eyes on the uh, SDS, and I found out somewhat later that, uh, excuse me, the FBI took down everybody's name who, you know, was either going to speak or was in any way involved in the uh, program that day, and that put me on an FBI watch list for a number of years. Uh, well, I know I'm still on the watch list, but at any rate, at the time, you know, the SDS was just going around talking to other students. <clears throat> Excuse me. A year or so later, however, there, there was a, a, a split in the group, and uh, <clears throat> the, the ones who wanted to be more active in, in uh, protesting the war and other things split off from the SDS and became the Weatherman Underground. And during the early 70s, they conducted a lot of bombings, you know, banks and government office buildings and shit like that. Uh, so anyway, and they were also, you know, affiliated with the Black Panther movement and a number of other radical uh, protest, protest groups that sprung up during the early 70s. So yeah, there was a lot of shit going on in those days. Some people got really, really, really radical in their views. Uh, 
guy I, I knew there at college uh, chained himself to flagpole out front of school one day and set himself on fire in protest of the war. Holy crap, man. I've heard of, you know, taking things to heart, but, you know, setting oneself on fire just to, to make a statement. You know, a, a temporary statement at that. You know, that, that's, that's pretty heavy. So, uh, things got pretty heated, and a lot of people did a lot of crazy shit. Uh, again, I never really got, got involved in anything radical. I just, uh, didn't seem like it was worth the effort, really, because uh, protests were pretty pointless, as far as I was concerned. Uh, you had to, well, it doesn't matter. Anyway, I was more interested in uh, school, really, and... Uh, But, um, sorry for the spacing out here. Um, anyway, in uh, February of uh, 1971, I got my, my draft notice. My, well, my notice to go down for a physical. And uh, in those days, 71, anybody who passed their, their physical were loaded onto a bus and driven directly to, uh, you know, training stations. Uh, they were pretty desperate for people to go <clears throat> in those days. I uh, actually tried to join the Navy, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, before, <clears throat> God damn it, excuse me, before I even got the uh, the letter to go down to my physical because I knew I was going to get drafted if I, you know, just stood around and waited for something to happen. But again, because of the war, they, they couldn't guarantee me uh, placement where I wanted to go. So... At any rate, uh, February 1971, I had to be down in, in Long Beach, of all places, uh, at 5.30 in the morning to fill out paperwork and, and shit and uh, have my physical with about 100 other guys. And uh, in a surprise, even to me, I failed my physical. Really? Well, what well, well, happened? How did that happen? Uh, mainly because even then I had high blood pressure. I wasn't on medication for it. And I had had, I knew I had high blood pressure since I was 18. But I didn't consider that it would, you know, keep me out of the service, but apparently it did. So, <clears throat> I got to go home. <clears throat> Excuse me. And they uh, 
they, they sent me out a new draft card. You know, everybody had to carry a draft card in those days. And since I had flunked my physical and uh, would not be drafted, um, I was classified 4F, which uh, meant that they would take, you know, end up into their 60s, I guess, before they, they called on me if they ever got that desperate. And then a little bit later, got a new draft card, and it was classified me as a 1Y. I didn't even know what that was, but I think it meant that they would take women and children before they took me. So I was never, I was never called up again. And I did not go to Vietnam. Of course, years afterwards, I had always kind of wished I had gone because, well, I have personal reasons for it. But at any rate, I did not. And getting back to the uh, hideous clothing of the 1970s. Um, yes, I suppose the miniskirt has its place in fashion and history, but that was, as far as I can, I can figure out, was the only good thing that ever came out of it. Although, I suppose women, some women anyway, appreciate uh, the pantyhose were also developed during the 70s to um, coincide with the uh, miniskirt. <clears throat> because before that, uh, women always wore garters, you know, and stockings rather than pantyhose. But <clears throat> all things are... Um, all things being relative, I guess, that uh, has no bearing on anything. Um, Bell-bottom pants, now those were stupid. And uh, clunky, clunky boots. I mean, there was just so many bad choices for clothing in the 70s. You know, I stuck to t-shirts and jeans as much as I could. Uh, you know, there was also uh, a lot of hair growing in the 1970s. People, not just women, but men too, began to let their hair grow long. And, you know, sideburns appeared, beards grew everywhere. And many women decided to just, you know, stop shaving completely. Um, that also was not especially a good idea, but being the era of freedom and free will, I guess, for most people, uh, that was something else that happened during the 70s that, you know, was not especially attractive. So anyway, 
those of us who survived the 70s often wonder how we managed to survive, that is. But we, we did it and uh, learned from it, hopefully. I don't want people to think any less of me, you know, and I guess it's uh, too late now, or, you know, it pretty much doesn't matter anymore, I guess, what, 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 what you did when you were younger. But one of the, one of the good things, I guess, about the 70s was the abundance of uh, cheap drugs and I've noticed that a lot of famous artists and I, I mean people who paint people who are the music writers Many of them had some sort of substance abuse involved in their lives. And I think that as a uh, writer, you use your imagination so much more than, uh, well, other people do. And as a writer, even though I wasn't, uh, you know, published or anything at that time, I was still writing. And I still had a, uh, very vivid imagination. I wanted to experience as much as I could with how the mind works and reacts to different stimuli. So in college, I uh, did experiment with uh, different drugs. And I, I saw and experienced things that certainly opened my eyes. And uh, I saw things that were ridiculous in the sense that uh, how, how easily some people can be tricked by their mind and uh, I've seen people break down and cry because they couldn't get any pot you know I mean it's not supposed to be addictive but I, I, I suspect that someone with a weak mind can be become addicted to just about anything 
<clears throat> but uh, anyway, I uh, I tried pot early on, and I found it pleasing, to say the least. But it wasn't something that you know I. I, I need it just to get through the day. Certainly helped you get through the day, but it wasn't necessary to survive. And one thing about uh, pot, you know, it's just very versatile. You can add many different types of things to pot and I've uh, smoked pot with um, or you know it's been mixed with such things as opium or PCP and, you know, whatever else you can consider, you know, putting in the pot. And I've seen things that were odd, to say the least. But I, uh, you know, experimented with uh, pretty much whatever was uh, available to experiment with. I uh, never ever tried heroin. Didn't want to. But uh, <clears throat> acid was very different. And is mind altering, to say the least. And I, I believe it's it's entirely possible that people have bad experiences using drugs simply because they can't accept what their mind is showing them. Um, because some things are oh, enhanced, to say the least. Um, some things are very, well, very freaky. And some people just, it is so out of bounds from their ordinary life that it's just uh, something they can't handle. To be honest with you, I'd probably be one of those people that would just freak out, uh, you know, on that, that type of narcotic. Uh, you know, I mean, I've, I've done my share of, you know, drugs, uh, you know, marijuana, speed cocaine but I've never tried anything mind altering and 
I, I seriously think that I, if I were to do something like that, you know, go out of the realm of ordinary of what I'm used to, I, I probably would. I'd probably trip really hard. I'm certainly not recommending anyone go out and try drugs. It can be very dangerous, obviously. It can change your personality, change your outlook on life. And for some people, that's a bad thing. You just can't deal with it. I uh, don't remember how many times I've actually taken acid. No surprise there, I guess. However, um, almost all of my experimental drug use was done during college. And I decided to simply stop taking drugs one morning when I, I got up and was shaving. I was still on acid at, the, at that time. And I was shaving and as I drew the razor down my cheek, my cheek began to melt. And I'm looking in the mirror and as I, sh as I shave my face, the skin is stretching and dripping off my face. And I decided then that I should just stop using drugs. And I did. You know, it wasn't, uh, again, it wasn't anything I needed to do to get along in, in life. I just was doing it, you know, purely, well, just as, as an experiment to see what happened. And when things started happening that I didn't like, I just stopped. It wasn't that big a deal for me. You know, I used some drugs later in life, but uh, nothing like uh, college. College is, is when you, you, go, you go to learn. You go to learn and expand your mind and find out what's different in the world than you're used to. And by golly, that was different. But, moving right along, um, after the uh, Vietnam War ended, um, things settled down somewhat, you know, in this country, and, and the whole purpose of, of fighting the war was to halt the expansion of communism, because... You know, people kept saying it would be just like dominoes if Vietnam falls, every country in Asia would follow after it. Well, <clears throat> surprise, surprise, there it is some uh, 40 years later, and the world hasn't come to an end. Communism has not taken over the rest of the world. 
Um, and the Vietnam economy seems to be doing fairly well. So that uh, that didn't work out too well for us either. But anyway, by the time uh, late 70s rolled around, things started to pick up a little bit. You know, I started making good movies again. Started making you know good music again, and life got back to normal. Whatever that is, but you know it uh, was the forerunner of the 1980s, which was a great decade, and most of the people who were hippies and were doing drugs all the time and everything during the 70s were now grown up, more or less, and had moved on to big business. And for the most part, the, uh, the hippies grew out of it out of that stage anyway for the most part again. There were a few hanger-ons that just wouldn't give it up. Uh, but uh, most of us slipped back into mainstream of society and went on to become something. Pretty much to become things we all hated back early 70s, <clears throat> but that's the cycle of life, I guess, you are know, young and you learn stuff and you disregard everything your parents tell you, and then when you get older you realize that they weren't so stupid after all. And uh, you actually need to make money in order to survive in the world. And, you know, you just fall in line pretty much. But, fuck, you learn a lot of shit during that time. So. Hopefully, you learn enough to survive a while longer, which most of us did. That being said, I guess it's about time to say goodnight. Got another show, and hopefully. We'll see you again next week. And I'll leave it up to Dave to sign us off. And I wish everyone out there peace and happiness. Alright? Good night, all. See you next time. Okay, Tear. Um. You know, I think you should do more, you know, backstories like this. I, 
I find it interesting and and I, I know I, I probably hadn't said as much as I should or what I normally do during the podcast, but I was just so taken by the story. You know, it's especially for me, you know, I was born in seventy seven, so by the time I came into the pictures in the seventies, you know, and and by the conclusion of the seventies, you know, by nineteen eighty, maybe nineteen eighty, I was only three, so I missed that on that. But you know, Maybe we can sit and, and talk about the 80s and the 90s. Um, you know, I, I was around during that time, so that would be cool. But I, I sincerely enjoyed your your stories and your reflection. And uh, I hope we can do that more, you know, because it, it's very informative to me. Because I've always wanted to know, you know, what kind of environment, what kind of life things were like the time I was conceived and born so think about that and and maybe we can do some more shows like that in the future alright kids well for Terry D. Shearer I am David K. Montoya and I bid you y'all a good night ah there we go there we go okay my my (laughs) memories of the 70s kind of shallow because I was born in 71. You sounded like you were in the 70s there. Well, for a minute, yeah. I said I got a little little bit of a short circuit just before the show started. Yeah. I I rebooted during the the episode and I think I'm okay for the next minute or so. (laughs) Let's see if we can get through this. Okay, so that was Sheer Darkness number 12, 70s podcast. Yes. And that is Flashback Fridays for us. We are definitely going to be back next week because up until this point, Dave hasn't fired us. Oh, damn it, Dave. Come on. Maybe with referencing him in Colorado with yeah. drugs, that might do it. No, Yeah. Either that or the police will be kicking his door in. Yeah. Crap. If he goes to jail, he can't fire us. No. And he can't put our podcast up. Hmm. Dave was just visiting his aunt in Colorado. That's right. Yeah. There is no marijuana field in her yard. <laughs> Those pictures I have were photoshopped. Yes. Shut it. <laughs> <laughs> Too much information. Too much. Damn. All righty. So join us next Friday when we get three more shows out of the vault. And uh, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> and display <laughs> them here for you to see. Yes. All right. <laughs> Thank you very much. We'll see you then. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.